Nerds International proudly presents. So I farted on a child in Japan. <laughs> what? <laughs> what on purpose? Yeah, no, not on purpose. Basically, I was in the um, Pokemon Center in Hiroshima. <laughs> And um, I was looking at some stuff and a child passed behind me and I needed to fart at the same time that he passed behind me. Wow, Bulbasaur! <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, and then I decided, I was like, I had to let out a fart and then he, he passed behind me and as I did it, I thought it was going to be silent and then it wasn't and I let it out and it was like a proper... Oh. And then the, the kid go... <laughs> Thankfully the kid didn't like react in any way but I knew, he knew. <laughs> Live from the back of a cupboard behind a tin of beans, it's me, Nick Lambslice. Me, James Pumpkin. And me, Harrison Hunt, aka Gold Tooth Kenny. <laughs> and we are the Tabletop Twats, <laughs> if you please. And this is a tabletop RPG podcast all about tabletop RPGs. And I've been away for a couple of weeks, so obviously we had a couple of bonus contents come out. So cheers, guys. Not at all. Well good. Well good stuff. Really good stuff. (laughs) But um, obviously, because I've been away in Japan, I've got you guys a couple of gifts. First of all, Nick, I'll start with you. Hurrah. Um, He's been laying low, hasn't he? The heat. Whoa, and I caught... Whoa! So um, this is a special (laughs) dice. Um, You're not really going to understand any of what's written on it. But what this is, is I went to a um, Hayao Miyazaki, I can never pronounce his name right, Mm -hmm. um, exhibition at the uh, Hiroshima Museum of Art, I think it's called. Yeah. And um, so this dice helps you decide which Miyazaki movie to watch. So he's the guy that did a lot of um, Studio Ghibli movies. So like Spirited Away, My Neighbor Totoro, Paul Cohen. Rosso. What's the floating? Um, yeah, House Moving Castle. That's the one, yeah. Yeah, so, um, but the unfortunate thing is, is they're all the Japanese um, titles, so you can't read the dice. No. And in addition to that, they're also written in, like, these um, logos that are on the movies, so you can't even translate them using the Translate app. Brilliant. So it's a pretty useless dice. But it has got eyes on it. So the eyes are if you want to watch My Neighbour Totoro. So right. that's, that, that's okay, the one. Really, I know one then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's very, it's very, very nice, though. I love it. Yeah. And, it's perfect. Um, Thank you very much. James, uh, <laughs> there's a gift for you now. What have you got? Uh, it's uh, in a lucky bag so first of all it's been, it's think, been presented in a bag that looks like it's covered in clothes well actually why don't Nick you open the gift for him and you try and interpret try and figure out oh what it is oh goodness alright cool <laughs> let's go uh, just read out what it says on okay so um, it's almost, it looks like a, it almost looks like a missile a red missile with silver stripes <laughs> over it and it says uh, Tenga new adult concert oh my goodness is this a flashlight you figured it out. It is, isn't it? Uh, it is. Uh, <laughs> At least you see the packet. <laughs> oh, if it's, look, it's covered in like cling film. Are they just um, taking it back and then and then wrapped it up again? You know, the funny thing is about it was that. A re- yeah, it was a return, this one. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, he got it a bit cheap. So this is a, necessary, oh, this is a Japanese flashlight. This is RPG related because obviously, you know, being an RPG player, it can get very lonely. It's been a bit generous to you. <laughs> That's a bit of a generous girth on there, though, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Without> <laughs> a bean in a bucket. It says, um, it says, oh, fucking hell, right. All the entire text on it reads, Tenga, new adult concept. Be positive. Be smart. Be free. Pleasure the way it should be. Fuck a tube. And then it says, <laughs> and then it says, 
Deep Throat Cup. No, <laughs> no. Okay, so James will be releasing a video later on today of him oh, actually, um, no. trying it out. Jeez, no, we'll, just, we'll just film him with From the Face Up. <laughs> no, no, the funny thing is, is when I went to buy that, um, you were supposed to buy it on the floor you bought it at because they had like an adult floor in this in this department store. Don't cross contaminate. <laughs> yeah, but we couldn't find we couldn't find the, um, the the cashier on that floor, so we just went down to the bottom floor where they'd like sold, was- sold like cigarettes and stuff like this and there was like a bunch of just normal people milling about and the woman sort of just took it put it on the below shelf on the counter while we were waiting and and then and then when we went went to the actual counter she was just like okay fine quickly put it in the bag get out Uh, get out yeah oh god so yeah um happy return guys thank you that's for you welcome back man in addition to that, it's it was my birthday recently, so Richard Walcock has sent us all a little gift. Um, oh, wow. So he sent me a pack of the Saga of the Goblin Horde countdown deck, but he has sent a um, suit of cards. Now, what does that mean? So so obviously you have the regular suits in a, a poker deck, right? But mm-hmm. there's a new suit of cards for use with your deck. <gasps> oh. The twat suit. No way! And this has pictures of our characters from this podcast on it. Yes! Oh my god. Yeah, so there's the... Nerdgasm. Um, yeah, so there's the Heart of Twats, the Diamond of Twats. Yes! Oh. Now the de- countdown deck goes all the way up to 60. So my yeah. icon's got a beard on it! <laughs> yes. So yeah, these these are amazing. So they wow. even have little symbols on it oh. so that you can use them uh, to tell stories Sounds in the amazing. game and things like this. A bit like the story cubes and... Yeah, they're absolutely oh, amazing. So that's they're not amazing. they're not exclusively for Savage Worlds, but they can be used for Savage yeah. Worlds. Yeah. So. Oh, Richard, I love you. And I've yeah. already got the deck, so I've put it straight in. Amazing. We've all got the deck, and now we've all got the twat. Richard, we're not pack. worthy. We're not worthy. That's amazing. Thank you so much, Richard. Oh my god, thank you. Yes. So yeah, it's a pretty pretty good episode so, so far. Wow. Oh, yeah. I got tingles. Yeah, we got we got we got flashlights. We got <laughs> suits for decks. We got dice that you can't read. read. Oh, it's all going on down here. Right, and with that, let's get on to what we've been playing with what we've been slaying. Yeah. <laughs> Oi! Yeah? What you slaying? Yeah, do you like it? <laughs> <laughs> we were there. He wanted an ice cold. Yeah, because they had, a, they had a, like oh, a cooling what? one. And the limited edition black one. Yeah, the limited edition black one was like, I don't know what it did differently, but um, it was really weird, man. Well, but, I think it was limited edition packaging. What was the website? All right, let's get in. <laughs> <laughs> Um, right, so what we've been slaying. Let's first up. Let's talk about Fallout because I was away for one of the games, and it sounded like some really weird stuff happened. So we've been playing Savage Fallout, uh, GM'd by my brother Sean. And first up, what, what happened in the game while I was away? Because we we had a mission where we were supposed to go to a prison, sort out all the rioting there, mm-hmm. and we kind of did that. But then we we're also meant to find um, this uh, lesbian's other half. That was a yeah. That was like a like an extra side bit. Our main task, wasn't it, was to go into the prison and basically it was being overrun by the prisoners that had broken out and like a, a, like almost like a militia um, called the Red Wings had asked us to do it. So we went down there, didn't we? Yeah. We're all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it we sort of went all right. My character got got smashed by Except a super mutant and died. Yeah, that was yeah. it. But other than that, we broke out a. Um, bloke called Goldtooth Kenny and he was in um, solitary confinement at the time yeah yeah he's an absolute psychopath and now he's now he's he's part of the team he's my new character brilliant yeah but during uh, whilst Harrison was away um, well basically loads of shit went down at the prison and they were writing like crazy Mm -hmm. Um, 
And then Ryan thought of an ingenious plan where if we could get on the PA system mm -hmm. and then uh, convince them that um, during the rioting there's uh, been planted sort of like gifts or, or and or gold in their cells. Yeah, then, we fooled them, didn't we? We was yeah. like, if you go back to your cells, you'll all get a thing because it was Kenny did it, and they, yeah. they knew Kenny, so they knew mm. Kenny was a prisoner. So Kenny got onto the um, tannoy, and uh, obviously being a prisoner himself, we was hoping that they'd trust him. And he told everybody that there was uh, something in their cells, gold or you know stuff that had been looted, whatever. And then we was hoping that they'd all run back to their cells. Then what happened? Um. Well, he uh, <laughs> didn't. I, I smashed up the microphone. Well, yeah, because no one believed him because he rolled really badly. And I went and to, I went to, to I went to grab the mic, um, and because I critically failed, I ended up yanking it completely out of the port, and then wrecked um, it. it wrecked it. Yeah. But then we managed to fix it <laughs> yeah. um, using uh, one of our other characters' repair yeah. um, skill, and then we tried it again and was successful this time. Exactly. Yeah, so that was like the short version of the of the prison scene. So we managed to completely sort that out with no you know need for us to murder anyone else so we actually Make came yeah we came yeah, well yeah yeah it was it was it we was, came through on what we were meant to do yeah so we, so we kind of kind of done the mission um and then also obviously recruited a new member which was an ex-prisoner so that was a situation straight away he was like right okay well <laughs> the bloke that's now with us is uh so probably the guy that got put in prison by the red wings so well no you know. he didn't he got put in prison by somebody else uh, okay uh, basically goldtooth kenny who's my new character he he um, is a murderous psychopath that has a, a hatred for, for women. He's yep. basically a serial killer. Mm -hmm. And um, he got put in prison by somebody else, but he's still wanted by the Red Wings for a different string of murders. Got ya. Yeah. So the funny thing was, is that when we came back to the campaign, you were just sort of reporting back to the Red Wings and saying like, oh, by the way, guys, we sorted out everything in the prison. We did a really good job, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, Goldtooth Kenny had to wait outside. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, then, and then the Red Wings came out to the car and were like, um, oh, by the way, uh, yeah, good job on the mission. And then Goldtooth Kenny had to hide under the car. <laughs> and then... <laughs> Then, as as they were talking, uh, Goldtooth Kenny, who's got only got a D four and smarts, which for those that don't play Savage Worlds, that's the lowest. Pretty dumb. Yeah, yeah. They, they were talking, and everyone uh, everyone was like, like the Red Wings guy was like, good good job on the mission, and everyone mm. like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then Goldtooth Kenny was hiding under the car, went, yeah. <laughs> like, what was that? It was like wind. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but it, the good thing is we. Um, uh, regardless of Kenny being you know an ex-con or con we actually succeeded on the mission and all became sheriffs of a town yeah yeah yes. now it don't matter because <laughs> this town had no sheriffs at that moment yeah. and we sort of proposed yeah we convinced them yeah, previously we, we said can we be five sheriffs of the town <laughs> and the mate was like well we never had five sheriffs before yeah yeah <laughs> if, if we do this mission for you maybe we can prove to you that we're sheriff what, capable yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly and uh, we, we did it but the funny thing was about it was that now we've got all sheriff badges and we swapped we've power crazy yeah, we've so gone corrupt absolutely so corrupt man. already but the sheriff office was only big enough for one person yeah but there was sort of a blown up hotel in the town <laughs> yeah. so we just took the sheriff sign put it on the hotel <laughs> and then put the hotel sign and put it on the sheriff 
um, office. But oh, yeah, now that got confusing. We're, yeah, now we're, <laughs> yeah. we're using the sheriff office still as, as a brig. That's it, as a but brig. We're yeah. all staying in the hotel. <laughs> yeah, that we blew up. <laughs> and the funny thing is, is that all we did, we didn't really progress much with the story because it's a sandbox campaign. Sean's really great at allowing us to do whatever we want. Mm. And our first order of business was to sort of, um, sort of wave our dicks around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and, um, yeah. We we literally just went on an arresting spree. It was it was like for really minor stuff. Oh my like, god, we had a little bug. We had someone that. Swore, I think. Oh, someone uh, who dropped a uh, no little bug. He, he, he dropped a fag. Gambling. Oh, he dropped yeah. a fag. Someone that was gambling. Yeah, yeah, somebody was gambling. Somebody that dropped a cigarette and somebody that tried to attack me because I provoked them. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they all got slung in the brig slash one bedroom apartment. And then James's character Frank said, yeah. "I said uh, as we left them at night because we were trying to go to his bar and get pissed and that to like for our accomplishment." Um, I was going. Um, Right, next morning, you play Rookie Stump all your life. And Rookie Stump is basically a gambling game Mm -hmm. in this universe. So the next morning, like, just for littering, one of them had to play Frank at um, a gambling game or they would die. (laughs) And and then all of them lost the game. And so so then Goldtooth Kenny, my character, who's a complete psychopath, just went in and just went, uh, he's got this catchphrase, before he kills anyone, he pretends he's going to do, he pretends he's going to do a business deal. That is his business deal, isn't it? Yeah. Murder. Yeah, and he goes, and he, he just looked at the three of them in the cell and went, I'm a businessman from Louisiana. <laughs> I gotta say, you might be interested. And then, and then Sean just says, right, you go in there and you it's just a bloodbath. Oh, mate, I think Kenny's already, I mean, the, the kill count for Kenny already in our town has got to be up to about five. Yeah, and we've been five. there two days, literally, or not even that, about a day. Because he hates women, and one of the things he did was as soon as he saw the first woman... Oh, his wife left him, didn't she? Yeah, his yeah. wife left him for a woman, oh, so he it. specifically hates lesbians. Women, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And there was a bit where um, he was saying to the other guys, like, the the other guys were talking about um, being gay and stuff like this, and he was like, I ain't got a problem with gay people, there's nothing wrong with that, but lesbians <laughs> aren't <laughs> And then, and then the uh, of course the woman in the chop shop who we borrowed a car from was a lesbian mm-hmm. and he goes in there and he goes oh by the way I'm a businessman from Louisiana can we talk business in the toilet yeah. for a minute and that was the first time that um, that speech had happened so none of us at the table knew, knew what was, was going, going on, on. <laughs> well none of our characters did either but slowly Frank's cottoned on to to it yeah, oh, yeah. and he has to he has to calm him down at, at certain moments he goes oi 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 getty getty let's have a chat outside yeah, and then Frank's now talked me down. So now, for release, you yeah. do it in a more uh, well. We did to bad guys. That's the idea. Yeah, I only kill yeah. people if they're bad guys. And he kind of has to almost not sign it off, but get approval from yeah. us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I rein it in. I'm a bit like Dexter, but if Dexter mm-hmm. actually really just loved killing anyone, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but now I, I've because you guys saved my life from the prison. I'll do it. Um, I'll listen to what you guys say yeah. so I won't just kill randomly but he'll still get the urge but he'll he'll be up for being talked down that's it exactly yeah and he won't act on it all the time but, but got, before we finish you've got to mention the toilet because it was ingenious. yeah the toilet was crazy because when yeah when I killed um, that that poor woman at the chop and shop and child and the child well, what, teenager. what happened was is that we went into because we were in a chop shop we went into the loos and that was where her office was and I basically what I did is like um, I was doing like a bit of a con and I went in there and I'm like I'm a businessman from Louisiana I want to buy all these cars and tents that you have in here and then I went into my pocket dropped all my caps on the floor and I went oh my I am so clumsy yo um, you're going to have to help me pick that up and as she bent down to pick them up I bit her throat yeah. out and then yeah. and then she because his trademark weapon is his gold teeth his gold teeth yeah and she was lying 
lying on the floor spurting blood out everywhere and then I come out the loose quickly close the door and I'm like there's an incident in there we need to take care of <laughs> and then we we bundled our, our assistant in there then I just put my arm through the door and started knifing wildly stabbing, stabbing through the door he yeah. was dead as well then yeah. then we just welded the door shut yeah. and put a right, sign on yeah we put a sign on the door just said bog buggered so we got an air we got like an airtight tomb basically. it was really it was really dark yeah. but this guy's been in solitary he's a psychopath mm-hmm. he was in he was in that asylum for a reason and most yeah. of our characters especially mine are dumb as fuck so we're just like well I'm a robot as well so I just follow the crowd yeah, yeah. so Nick's the robot so he doesn't you know since we lost since we lost shit, sh- uh, shit Shane since we lost shit man Shane um, yeah the whole kind of uh, it, we've just kind of fallen apart yeah in a good way well I wanted I wanted my character to to be a bit of a liability because you have just picked up a guy Absolutely. from a mental yeah, institution and and also this is fallout so yeah i know he's proper dark but that's kind of the way i wanted to play him because he's he's legendarily bad in this like their song's been written about yeah. him he's yeah. that he's that much of that a guy. slasher yeah. you know what i mean mate i loved it i mean when, when you was away i had the um, pleasure of playing him for one evening and boy is he fun yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah nick did a really good job <laughs> but, so. yeah i'm hoping to uh, for him to be redeemed at some point and hopefully become good but at point i'm not seeing it well he's good he's just got a twisted idea of good <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, i liked it when he got given the sheriff's badge and the guy oh, the, the um the sheriff the mayor of the town was like um i just need you you to use your moral compass and he and he was like <laughs> yeah. and then put the badge on his chest not on his t-shirt on his chest yeah, yeah he just pinned it into his skin <laughs> yeah yeah it was really really fun and I, was frank good. was absolutely on form i'm mm-hmm. struggling to remember some of the stuff he was saying no, this it. is one of them um after the after the power hungry arrests of for literally nothing um when we left the bar kenny smashed his bottle outside and then frank uh piped up and went oi 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 I could do you for arrestment. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, because um, me and Frank can tell you drinking at the bar, and we're oh, you completely drunk. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and he's like, I could do you for arrestment. And we, <laughs> we, we were so drunk, it was so funny. But it is, it's um, it's it's t- it's taken a dark turn. I'm not gonna lie. Um, oh, but, it's, but it's great. So we are basically sheriffs, corrupt sheriffs of this town, and we're kind of slowly growing a kind of. Well, that was funny when we was like, well, we've got a hotel and a, and a, and a yeah. thing down. And, and then the, the mayor was like, no, hotel's not yours. And, and we're like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Frank's like, yeah, it's ours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks for giving, giving it to us. <laughs> so, yeah. poor old Cool Hand, uh, cool hand Ranch. Uh, apologies for the new sheriff. Yeah, that's the town we're in. <laughs> so, um, next up, you guys, um, while I was away, played a game with Daring Tales of the Space Lanes, right? Yeah. did, yes. Given by Pete. Pete, yeah, Pete and me. He did... Um, he did us a one shot of Daring's Tales of the Space Lanes. Um, I think it went a bit off kilter. We yeah, didn't realise well, at the he, time. He, he told us um, uh, at our last session that he realised he fucked up and um, he sort of went off off the beating track and really, at the beginning, had to had to try and push us down it. And then it, we just went so far off yeah, tangent that he I just Yeah, I didn't notice it, it, though, because I think, like, he said he messed it up right at the beginning, but, you know, because we were, like, keen to get involved in the story, he was like, you know, you see some, some shady dudes look, look like they're doing some kind of a business kind of deal on this on this planet. And yeah, this and planet then we instantly... Like from Star Wars, you know, like a whole hodgepodge of different aliens and creatures and people and everything. Yeah. So we followed them. Yeah, instantly made chased. That's it, exactly. Then they disappeared. Disappeared, and then it turned into, like, an investigation-type thing, and we knew that... 
well, we weren't good people, but we knew there could be cash in it for us. That was the yeah. thing. And we were all just about the money. Yeah. So, and then, you know, before we, we set up this kind of elaborate surveillance scheme. And because James' character had like mind control, like, like he had psionics. So he was yeah. able to kind of do some cool stuff with that. And we got the barmaid on side straight away because James' character was incredibly attractive. So she was helping us out. We had CCTV going on. We was, yeah, it was, it was, it was cool. It turned into like a right stealthy cloak, yeah. cloak and dagger type game. And it was quite um, interesting because it turns out that the bar had like it was the um shadiest bar in the entire place <laughs> yeah and as a result it had um like fucking thousands of cameras inside there so That's there, were, right. there were no blind spots and it turned into a club in the evening so we had to leave and then it, and then get back in again but because we had befriended the barmaid that was pretty pretty easy actually yeah um so we, get, we managed to get through the the back door and then just sort of skulk in yeah, so, what was the reason that you were chasing these guys down? Then what did they have? We don't. We, we didn't, didn't know. know, but we knew it was a shady. It was a shady deal yeah. that probably could have money involved in it. If, and the, also, if we could make a quick buck, mm-hmm. yeah, you just because yeah. in that in the Daring Tales you played these bounty hunter guys, yeah. right? So That's you just it. knew they had something, mm-hmm. and we, yeah, we were exactly. just like we could make a quick buck out of this. Let's chase them down, exactly, and take the money. And it turns out that it was a kidnapping. It was a kidnapping payoff. So that was what the money was for. Oh, yeah. And we was so we got thirty thousand. That That's was right. um, in uh, in the case. Yep. And then we found the location of, of where the big bad guy. Yeah, of where and where the kidnapped person was. Yep. So we decided to jump in our ship and fly in all guns blazing and blow the shite out of the headquarters. And we <laughs> we were fucking smashing it. Yeah, we, we went did. there. Um, there was like you know a bunch of guards around they didn't on get in different their ships, floors. Did they? We blew them up before they even got into their ships. So yeah. We come flying in. It was a full shield. We found a hole through the full shield through some really good piloting rolls. And there was a bunch of like, you know, the the bag, like this big crime boss's kind of, I don't know, army or whatever was about to get into the ships. We blew them up before they even got off the ground. It was pretty, yeah, it was fun. It's, it sounds yeah. really good. Mm-hmm. I, I really like the Daring Tales. Have you guys played it before? The first time. First time, I think, yeah. Because oh, I've played um, quite a few of those missions now, and I really um, like the feel of them because it's mm. it's proper classic sci-fi stuff. Yeah, it's, yeah. It feels like a bit of a mix bet- for me, at least, between um, like a bit of Star Trek, Star Wars, totally. and a bit of Mass well, Effect. That's what it felt yeah. like to us. It was like I was like a female Kirk, and you were like a uh, you were like a Spock type character, weren't you? Yeah. yeah, but you're but then your characters are a bit like Cowboy Bebopish as yeah. well because yeah. you're you're a bit um, you're like bounty hunters, but it's more high sci-fi than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I always like those those um, adventures. I've I, I I always have fun when I play them. It was good. Pete, I really enjoyed it. One of Pete's favourite things to run. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was a really good laugh. It was a good laugh. It was a good, a really good mission. There were some really cringy, bloody romance scenes in it. All sorts of some sexual proudness roles. Oh, I, had to, I had to, I had to, uh, Rob. No, yes, I had to. <laughs> Peter was try, really trying to get me to fuck up, right? So he made me roll so many times to for a. Perf- uh, sexual Bigger. performance yeah. roles. What, so he was going like, okay, now the next move. Yeah, and he'd just be yeah. like, oh, yeah. he'd be like, yeah, cool, roll again. I was gagging like, in right. my mouth the whole time. Like, yeah, she's satisfied. She's Not finished right. yet, though. You're like, oh, come I, was just on, like, Pete. I was like, come on, Pete. How many times are you going to make me roll? This scene's going on for she's too long. There. Yeah, and he was like, yeah, she's, she's, she's satisfied yet. Yeah. And then in the end, I, yeah, Pete was just like, yeah, yeah. I, basically, I came up top trumps. Good um, performance. Because I needed to, because I, I was playing my character like that. Like, he has, he had a. Um, it was horrible. It was horrible, <laughs> but he, he had. Um, what's the word I'm looking at? Uh, something to upkeep. A re- reputation to upkeep. Yeah, yeah. So. Mm. Uh, yeah. Oh, so you really wanted to do well? Yeah, I was just like, ah, oh, I know this is bad, but I'm going to spend a Benny because he needs to do well. Oh, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, you did, didn't you? Yeah, but no, it was a, it was a good, it was a perfect one shot, and it was a very good laugh. 
Yeah. Sweet, sounds good. Well mm-hmm. done, Pete. Well uh, done, Pete. Also, we've been playing uh, Ravenloft oh, in Ooh. our um, DCC actual play, Ravenlord. Um, so I just wanted to touch on that really quickly because obviously, usually that would be dropping about now. Mm-hmm. Because last week we would have done a normal episode. This week we would have done Ravenlord, which yeah. is our DCC actual play, uh, Ravenloft. Um, but uh, obviously, because I was on holiday, the schedule got m- m- messed around a little bit. So, Raven Lord will be the very next episode That's that right. we do. Absolutely. Um, in addition to that, uh, I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on how Ravenloft stacks up in DCC. I think it's great. I think it's great, and it's fucking petrifying. I love the darkness of it. It's, yeah. Um, yeah, we've had. I mean, I know we've only just kind of touched on this new campaign, but already it's got some quite harrowing. Parts to it already. The thing is, I think it makes your... I mean, your... the boss at the end was horrendous. Yeah. yeah. I think it makes the fragility of characters even... More so, yeah. More yeah. intense. I and think... you really, really need to properly try and immerse yourself into the world to try and do well in it, I think. It's creepy as hell. I would agree with that because, mm-hmm. yeah, because in DCC, um, characters are fragile anyway. Yeah. Then mm. you add in, because um, what I did is fear I ported checks, over the... It? Yeah, it's horror, fear and madness. That's and it, there's yeah. another behind the scenes one um, anybody that knows about Ravenloft will know about that but mm-hmm. there's um, powers checks now you guys won't know anything about that and I won't really mention what it actually is Good. but there's there's yeah there's that as well so there's these there's these extra things that you're adding on top of it that make it even harder because in DCC just getting through it normally is really hard yep. because in Dungeon Crawl Classics characters can start with one HP. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, James, you were playing a level zero butler, yeah. so you had yeah. really low HP. I, anyway. My HP was is is ridiculous. It was man. basically zero. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was like you got through it um, through a um, very good strategy, but there were certain points where, like, say for instance, you do even a horror check can make you stand still in place, and a horror mm-hmm. check is just seeing something horrific. Oh, my. Yeah. Now. Um, uh, so it's no, it's fear, horror, and madness. So mm. fear is the lowest one. So fear check is like okay, you're scared by something. Then horror is if you see something horrific. So fear, maybe you could just stand there in place. Well, then mm-hmm. you're just a, basically a uh, yeah, like sitting a, duck. You're just sitting petrified. Duck. Yeah, exactly. And you can't move for a tackle on someone, and then you're murdered. Yeah. yeah, and then a horror can make you run in the opposite direction. Exactly. Which well, that's exactly what happens. Exactly what yeah, happens to exactly. me. Yeah. So my point is, is that all of these things just make you even more fragile. And in madness, more. I suppose it has a, a long-lasting effect. So. Well, um, we don't know. Yet. We don't know. Yet. Well, fast I'm just, forward. I'm just guessing it. Now, fast forward thirty seconds if you don't want to have a spoiler for for the episode. But he did get a madness, remember? Because oh, he rolled on God, on yeah, the of course he did on horror. Yeah, and then got um, what was it? Permanent paranoia. Oh, oh that's it. Permanent oh, yes. paranoia. Yeah. Because if you roll on the horror one you can actually then if you get a bad result have to roll on the next table up that's it oh yeah so yeah yes. that's that is pretty horrific and Ooh, combining the two Ooh. is they're such a great fit but they are bloody scary when oh, combined mate. yeah definitely so yeah um, anyone that can uh Combine Ravenloft and DCC. It's a great, it's a great laugh. But I, I won't think, go into the actual intricacies of what happened in the game. No, go listen to go it. It's well worth it. it. I mean, personally, I'm loving it. I was, we were all a little bit nervous, if we're honest, um, about the, you know, season two, uh, the difficult second album, as it was. <laughs> um, but the, uh, 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 so far, so good. I think. I'm, I, well, listeners, let us know. But I, I'm really proud of it. I think it's, a, yeah. I think it's a very good transition into a new season, and it keeps the kind of feel of what we had before. Yeah, I can't wait to get more into get more it. of it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, me neither. So on uh, what you've been saying, we often talk about new stuff that we got, and uh, I just wanted to quickly speak about the Twisted Menagerie Manual. Now, what what? is that, I hear you ask, dear listener? 
So, um, uh, dear single listener, dear single listener. Well, we, um, yeah, we uh, played a while back uh, the American Survival Guide, which yep. was a post-apocalyptic setting for DCC. Well, uh, good old Reed San Filippo, I think his name is. Mm. He he released uh, the bestiary for it. No way! And it is absolutely oh incredible. Just as thick as the actual book itself. Um, Owen Lean uh, very kindly sent me some money for Drive Through RPG. He is a listener of the show and a good friend of ours. And uh, yeah, this is amazing. Huh. It's got amazing it's really artwork cool. in there. Yeah, always, um, always. Every single monster has its own full page, nearly near yeah. enough most of the time. It's got a whole section <laughs> at the back of just boss monsters as well. Nice. So yeah, it's it's. Oh incredible. wow! <clears throat> so say some of the stuff you see in there. I'm like, well, I just saw a Tyrannosaurus Rex with a laser tail, yep. laser gun yeah. tail. That's pretty. Just good. got um, it looks like apes with only three limbs and the pumpkin, pumpkin heads. Yeah, that's a jackarangatang. <laughs> What the fuck? Luck eater. That oh my god, that looks like some kind of big insect type thing wearing, wearing a lab a... coat. Yeah, and it eats luck. Oh right, yeah. Yeah, so it actually eats your luck style. Oh, grim. But um yeah, you can get it on Lulu, you can get it on Drive Through RPG and uh it's an amazing book Ooh. and so worth it because all the monsters on there and as I say, has a section at the back um oh, just devoted to just just bosses. Oh, and the good oh, thing is about... that the one with like with the Santa boss and stuff. Yeah, so so what it is is all at the back it has um all of these things and I have a big story about them um, ways you can put it into the game and then these these monsters are like more detailed than all the others yeah. so you've got like the Armageddon Dragon uh, a guy called Rojo Radfink which is uh, a, look at this guy he's oh basically a gigantic dinosaur thing riding a truck Rad like it's a bike Fink. oh it's so creative yeah so so like yeah really really worth check that out that yeah, is so cool check that the fuck out yeah. um, can't recommend it highly enough um, Nick, misspent youth. Yes, so I was on G Plus the other day and um, started talking to uh, a very nice man called Robert Bowl, I believe. Sorry if I've got your name wrong. Um, and he's actually pub- he's actually a publisher, you know, writer of a, a, what looked like a really cool book. So I looked a little bit into it and it seems right up my street, so I bought it straight away. It's a Teenage Rebellion in a Fucked Up Future. Um, Wait, so, it's got swearing in it. Yeah, oh yeah, mate. Oh no, loads of oh, swearing. oh no, we don't, so we it, don't condone fucking don't swearing. swearing. Oh, I'll take it back. Um, so <laughs> there's a little quote on the front: "If you want a picture of the future, imagine a boot stomping on a human face forever." George Orwell. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's yeah, so it's it's. Um, I haven't read it yet because I only just picked it up literally a couple of days ago. Before I gather, you you um, you're a group of. Uh, young people um, fighting against a dystopian future in like a kind of really punky kind of fuck the system rebellion type yeah. game and I think it's like quite collaborative so what, from my understanding is you um, you you set up all your relationships before you start you also collectively um, create the bad guy um, and the kind of overarching evil that's in the world and then you get away with it but obviously I'm going to have a proper read and maybe we'll do an episode on it but first, uh, what do you think, guys? Well, first, first thoughts. I really work? like the look of it. Yeah, it's really it looks super cool. punk. Yeah, yeah. The, the, super you, punk. All the uh, artwork inside it is proper. Yeah, because like, he's done yeah. like a typewriter style. Yeah. Like everything's been pasted down mm-hmm. in there, and um, the artwork is spectacular mm-hmm. on the front. It really looks proper punky. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it looks awesome, and I, I really like the sound of it. Like I like those collaborative story games. Yeah. Um, a lot of people think that they're the dirge of no. role-playing games, but I really like them. Yeah, me too. I enjoyed them as well. 
Yeah. Especially like the point is if you're all creating a story together, then you can make it as awesome yeah. as you want. And Absolutely. get some really good stuff out yeah. of that. So sounds awesome. So how did you get chatting to Robert Bowl then? Well, I was doing some, um, so the RPG a day thing was going on. And, um, oh yeah, you've been answering some of I was questions. Do, I was trying to do, I've, I've got to catch up. I actually missed like a week. It's hard. It's hard to keep doing it every day, but I was trying to get involved with it because it was quite good fun, you know, raise a bit of awareness for RPGs and stuff. And I did one of the posts and I think he might have commented on it. And then, um, we followed each other and then I saw obviously his front cover for his profile was the book looked into the book thought yeah that looks amazing and that's why I picked it that's up that's really cool yeah nice so thank you very much uh, Robert and I'm going to have a proper read and um, maybe we'll do an episode on it later on so I wanted to chat about a couple of birthday presents I got first of all Nick you got me imprisoned in the god skull yeah DCC adventure <laughs> number 98 yep so this nice. looks amazing um, it's by Michael Curtis who's uh, one of the best writers for DCC RPG out there mm-hmm. and uh, he is it the, uh, the newest Adventure. I believe it's the newest adventure for DCC. I, think so, I might yeah. have to fact check that, but yeah. I'm fairly certain it it's is. One of or, at least, or at least one of them. Yeah, yeah. and it's it, it's it looks amazing. So um, essentially, what it is is that uh, there's a the, there's like a skull of a god floating in in space, and in there is a uh, an alien that's really really unbelievably powerful that's mm-hmm. about to escape, mm-hmm. and you have to go up there and make sure it doesn't escape. And it's a sixth level adventure. And once you get in there, you realise that in addition to that, some other aliens are coming in and they're about to start fucking shit up. (laughs) So while the prison guards are trying to stop those aliens from coming in, you have to stop that alien, the big one, from getting out. was originally in the prison. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So um, The actual prison is a dead god. (laughs) Yeah, and the actual prison is a dead god's skull. (laughs) And the the thing that's going to get out is so powerful that even the lawful gods can't contain it. So yeah, it's fucking awesome. It's the sort of stuff that... DCC does best so mm-hmm. yeah it is, it's really cool I read the intro of it the other day mm-hmm. I was looking at the artwork and the maps for it are insane really? they're, they're really really cool Wicked. so yeah um, probably going to run that online for the patrons at some point yeah. so yeah um, that should be good awesome and uh, James also got me The Adventures of Indiana Jones oh my god complete box set piece complete of history here as a piece of um, RPG gaming history for those that don't know uh, we we actually did a challenge where Nick was supposed to find uh, the weirdest RPG gaming history stories that mm-hmm. he could like ages ago maybe oh like God, episode yeah. 2 yeah, or something like yeah. and um, yeah this was um, essentially a game that was made by TSR ages and ages ago and it was so bad and sold so few copies that they incinerated most of them yep. and now copies are so hard and expensive to track down that getting a complete copy is near impossible mm-hmm. and I've got one now he's got thanks, one thanks to James yeah. James done it um, and finding one in good condition as well is, is near impossible yep. and I've got one yeah, yeah so got thanks it. James the box so, one what, what a present what a present and a great way to uh, b- become old mate yeah, yeah so we'll check it yeah no, totally and we're going to check it out obviously you know it's it's meant to be horrendous but it's a piece of gaming history obviously birthed uh, the Diana Jones Awards didn't it well um, one of our new friends Connor he said that we should do a, a convention called Unplayable Con where yeah, we just play games that are complete so rubbish bad and broken <laughs> that they don't work yeah, that's that's totally one, but it's one of those imagine things imagine the comments for that after though yeah it was shit but we expected that yeah, <laughs> yeah you know like you know like one of those um, in Spinal Tap when he's looking at that guitar <laughs> and he's like don't even look at it it's like that I was, I didn't even want to put it on my shelf next to my other games because I was like I just it doesn't it can't Deserve be sat next it. to those yeah. other ones yeah <laughs> But it came in like a plastic wrap, so it's staying in there. I think yeah, I don't even I don't even want to get it out. Imagine if you open it the box, out. it goes. Aah! 
Imagine if it turns out I open it and there's nothing in nothing there. Nothing in it. <laughs> That's the trick all along. <laughs> <laughs> no, I check I check the contents. But now we've got to check it out and we'll, maybe we'll play it for fun. Be I think, fun yeah, I think yeah, we should either do that or review we'd, it. We'd yeah. scan, scan it all and then mm-hmm. play it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it's, origi- you know, it's an original copy. It's because obviously That's the point, yeah. yeah. But thanks so much, guys. I You're really welcome. appreciate Not the birthday presents and uh, you guys are the best. Yeah, thanks. Despite what they say. <laughs> despite what everyone well, says. Well, uh, thanks for the flashlight. <laughs> Main subject. Main subject. <coughs> Sorry. Have you ever longed for adventure, challenging the unknown, with courage that laughs at danger, surviving desperate situations and battles to the death? People who have experienced such great adventures in the real world are exceedingly rare. All the more reason why people seek adventure in novels, comics, cartoons and movies where they can empathise with the main characters, be excited and thrilled, and thus satisfy their desire for adventure. Swordworld is a fantasy RPG set in the Swordworld of the same name. It is a world without electricity, cars, planes or cell phones, an ancient world brimming with danger, but this is a world where magic exists. Gods are real, there are mysteries, ruins where vast treasures lie, and many threats and monsters, and above all, a myriad adventures. That's right lads, we're talking about sword world today. Sword world. Is it just where a world where swords walk around? Yeah. Just ching, 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 <laughs> yeah. ching. Hello, mate. I'm a, I'm a sword. I'm Not a rapier. No, no, no. We're talking about today Sword World 2.0, aka the Japanese D and D, hence mm. the episode name. But um, you know, I as as you guys know, I recently went on a trip to Japan, and uh, while I was there, I went, I visited some RPG shops, one in uh, Tokyo and one in Hiroshima, and it was called uh, Yellow Submarine. <laughs> I don't know why it's called that, but there's probably a reason for it. But anyway. They like the Beatles. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but while I was there, I, I sort of, um, I, I asked in, in those stores, like, what was the most popular games that, that are um, being played at the moment? And uh, essentially, there's a publisher in Japan called Group SNE, which is like the big um, uh, RPG publisher in Japan. They, they publish this game, Sword World. They publish Tunnels and Trolls, which mm-hmm. is really, really popular in Japan. And the third most popular, they said, was Call of Cthulhu. Oh wow! And I believe one of the reasons for this is because Japan is like a collectivist cu- culture, mm-hmm. and if you can collect loads of things for a game, then that that drives a game. Right. And Sword World has a loads of loads of stuff published for it. It's a fantasy game. It has loads of modules, loads of this that, and the other, as does Call of Cthulhu. In Japan, they have all of the adventures that you can buy here, and it's relatively cheap to get. And then they've got loads of cheap third-party adventures as well. Nice. Same goes for Tunnels and Trolls, and same goes for Sword World, which we're going to talk about today. And as a result, those are the most popular, not mm-hmm. D&D. D&D was available there. I yeah. saw the Japanese versions there, but but um, yeah, I asked them, and they said Sword World was hands down, this is the one everyone's playing. Wicked. And in Hiroshima, we asked to take some pictures up in their um, gaming room, mm-hmm. and everyone was playing games up there. And... Uh, I asked them what they're playing and the bloke said uh, Sword World mm. everyone's playing that except for one table where people were playing a card game which I couldn't uh, uh, sort of fathom what the bloke was telling me I, yeah, I didn't no. know what he was saying but it's some anime type card <laughs> yeah, game yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, nice. But yeah, so that's what we're going to be talking about today. Sword World is uh, basically the Japanese answer to D and D. It's been going for a long time. It's had it had a uh, version one where the story was very very different to the one we're going to be talking about today. But 2.0 is the one that's going at the moment. Mm-hmm. I believe that they've got a 2.5 edition that's just come out, but um, it's not really got its legs yet. So that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about 2.0. It's got loads of supplements. It's got loads of material for it. And while I was out there, I picked up the main book. I picked up the cloth map. Mm -hmm. I picked up the starter box. I went all in, motherfuckers. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, let's let's get on with it. Um, so first off, the name of the game, Sword World. Why is it called that? Is it just a bunch of swords walking around on two legs? <laughs> no, um, Sword World is the name of the world you play in, um, kind of. Um, the world is called Raxia, but it came into existence by three swords called the Swords of Creation, hence the name. Ah. Raxia, the book explains, is exactly like ours during the medieval during the medieval period, except for a few key details. Gods exist, magic exists, races other than humanity live side by side, and there are monsters everywhere the second you leave your village. But other than that, exactly the same. Okay, yeah. So yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. pretty much the same. <laughs> yeah. You see, 300 years ago, the world of Raxia got really fucked up and went all apocalyptic because of something called the Diabolic Triumph. Mm. So it's kind of similar to like what Theresa May's done in our country, you know what I mean? <laughs> hey, 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 come on. Hey, hey, politics, hey, hey, politics. Hey. Come on, son. <laughs> it was, this was basically a worldwide invasion by a bunch of de- devil evil races who united to form an army um, which they called the Barbarous. Mm-hmm. Um, this evil army was so completely good at its job that all the good bipedal races were basically completely fucked. Except they weren't because some brave high-level heroes managed to kill the king of Barbarous, meaning the invasion was stopped. However, five guys in cloaks rolling in and killing the boss didn't really do much about all the big army, and so the world became this endless stream of darkness with towns and cities representing tiny pockets of light and safety. Mm. And the players come in here. They can be heroes wanting to clean up the world from the monsters left behind after the war, people wanting to look for treasure from civilizations that the Barbarous destroyed, or perhaps they can be the bad guys, Barbarous worshippers looking for a way to bring back the king. (laughs) As the book puts it, there are many roles covered by the word adventurer. Mm -hmm. So, let's get into the characters. In this game, you've got some brilliant races. You've got human. Yep. You've got elf. Yep. You've got dwarf. Okay. Good. That's about it. What? Only joking. You've got rune folk, you've got tabit, you've got nightmare. Nightmare? Nightmare? That's right, mate. You can be a nightmare. That's what, the guy from uh, Soul Calibur? That's him. <laughs> He's there. Um, no, so ro- rune folk are a race of people that were not born but made by an ancient civilization. They look like people, eat like people, but they can be told apart because parts of them are like visibly metal or stone. They have no ability to use holy magic or fairy magic due to their inability to hear gods or see fairies, which, you know, is a basic. <laughs> Basically a bit of a disability. Can't see him. <laughs> What's that? Who? Fairy? <laughs> nah, mate. Send me nah. say something. <laughs> you're, you're full of shit. <laughs> However, because they're good with tech and often quick, they usually make great gun majors. No, no. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Hello. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Gun majors are class in this. And, and that's we'll, wicked. We'll get into that later. Yes. So, tabits and nightmares. Tabits are basically rabbit people who excel in magic. They stand about a metre high, are unable to use holy magic. 
Um, they believe that mm. they are descended from long-defeated gods, and that's why the currently existing ones won't grant them any power. Being good at magic isn't all, though. They have very short arms and legs, making them quite clumsy and often sluggish. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> oh, brilliant. And lastly, let's talk about the nightmares. Yes. yes. Nightmares are demon-like people, usually beginning life as a human, elf, or dwarf, and they can shapeshift, but they're weak to silver and certain elements depending on their race of origin. The races in the game are cool because, yes, of course it affects your ability scores, but each one actually has a unique ability too. For example, the dwarf has Swords Salvation. Essentially, dwarfs in this game are immune to fire. Oh, like, awesome. Like, I don't know if it actually burns their beards or, or anything like no, that, but no. they, they just walk through fire. Any flame weapons don't damage them. Nice. They can just... You know, I'll walk through this like nothing. <laughs> yeah, so... I mean, oh, I'm naked. Where's my flashlight? Tabits can make an at-will danger sense check. Rune Ooh. folk can exchange their HP for MP. And once per session, a human can use change fate and can flip the dice to the opposite side if they would prefer that result. Ooh. Oh, that's cool. Now, let's talk about classes. Um, classes in Sword World are lumped into three categories. Warrior, Wizard, and Other. Uh, cool. Pub and Other. <laughs> Good catchment zones. <laughs> Start filling out form, yeah. <laughs> Gender. Yeah, yeah. Warrior, Wizard, or Other. <laughs> oh, the PC world we live in. <laughs> Yeah, so um, warrior classes are like fighter, grappler, fencer, and marksman. Wizard classes are like sorcerer, conjurer, priest, fairy tamer, and gun mage. And the others (laughs) are like scout, ranger, and sage. Cool. So a lot of these are fairly self-explanatory. A sage is knowledgeable, a grappler grapples. Um, But I know what you're all thinking. What does the gun mage do? Hell yeah. Um, They use a magisphere to combine magic and technology into magitech so they can create magical bullets, grenades, bombs and that kind of thing. Nice. With the character creation, each character is determined thusly. Determine race, then determine starting class, then roll ability scores. You'll get given a bunch of starting XP based on your choices, then you use that XP to either buy levels in the class you have or buy levels in other classes. One thing to bear in mind though is that your HP is tied to your adventurer level. This is the value of the most leveled up class you have. Additionally, your adventurer level is added to pretty much every role you do, and even the book suggests, to begin with, levelling up one class at least once, rather than having a bunch of different ones. Okay. So that that, that means that your adventurer level is high, so that you can get some higher roles out there. Mm. So it kind of makes sense. Mm -hmm. So the result is you'll often start at level two in this game, like at least. Anyway, then you pick a combat feat, buy equipment, and bongus. You're ready to go. Yes. Good. So, as you may have noticed, that means this game uses XP, and I know that means loads of people are switching off already, but trust me, it's nothing like D&D or Pathfinder. It's simple here. You get 1,000 XP for completing a goal at the end of a session, and 500 if you get to the end and didn't manage to. Okay. And uh, nice. Easy cool. maths. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's nice and easy. Mm-hmm. And these points can be used to level up classes. That's it. Okay. That's all the XP does. Sweet. Oh, so it's, it's very simple then. Mm-hmm. You also get the chance to gain ability points and honour points at the end of each session, becoming more and more powerful and famous depending on your deeds. And finally, you get a feat at the end of every odd level, so 1, 3, 5, etc. Yep. No matter what classes you have. So it's a slick, easy way of handling character growth. So yes, it has XP, but it's not like D&D or Pathfinder at all. So yeah, the character progression is really cool because like the way you handle your um, ability score level yeah. up as well is like 
um, if if I've got it right, basically at the end of every session you roll a dice, and on your the stats on your sheet, each one has a die roll number next to it. Mm-hmm. You just roll, and then you roll two dice. Yeah, yeah. And then you get to pick one or the other. What other ones you prefer? Yeah. the higher so, one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. No, it's like so. You say, for instance, you roll a one and a six. Yeah. You can say, okay, one is next to strength, six is next to. Uh, Intelligence, so I forget what they call it in this, yeah. but yeah, then you just pick which one uh, you prefer okay. to add a point. Yeah, gotcha. More often than not, because of the way it's calculated in this game, you won't. That means the one point that you add won't mean that your bonus will go up straight away. But in a couple of sessions, You've got to work at it. It yeah. might do. Yeah, yeah, that's, oh, that's cool. good. Yeah, yeah. So, how do you actually play the game? Skill checks are really simple. If you buy a level in a class, you gain a number of skills. For example, a scout will get tracking, stealth, roll, hide, all of that shit. Yeah. So if you want to use those skills, you roll 2d6, add the relevant skill bonus, um, and compare it to a difficulty score, as mm-hmm. well as your adventure level, of course. And yeah, the DM comes up with a difficulty score. If you beat it, you succeed. And if you don't, uh, you fail. Yeah. And if you don't have one of those skills, let's say if you want to use tracking but you don't have it, you just roll straight and add no bonus. Right. Okay. Oh, nice. So you can attempt anything. Good. But yes. you don't get the bonus to help you do it. Right. And fighting is also fairly simple. The warrior classes um, will give you the ability to hit things and to evade being hit with the accuracy and evasion skills. Mm-hmm. When hitting something, you roll accuracy versus evasion. If you win, you hit and you roll damage. Yep. Now... Damage is quite odd in this game. Instead of rolling straight damage, you roll impact. You roll 2d6 against a table found on all character sheets or on a specific table for that weapon, and it gives you a result. It's simple and easy, but weird. So a weapon might say it deals 10 impact, and you know that's a relatively weak weapon, but a 40 impactor, well, now we're talking. Oh, okay, I see, yep. So, um, for example, uh, I'll just get the character sheet out now so it's on the bloody character sheet which i'm stalling for time so 10 impact if i roll a seven i'll do three damage if okay. i roll an 11 i'll do six damage right Easy. okay nice what dice do you use uh 2d6 pretty much for everything Very in this game. game sweet nice yeah um i think they they made it that way so that you can roll 2d6 and always have a really massive variant on mm-hmm. like different amounts of damage you yeah. can have yeah um so it's actually pretty decent yeah definitely. and of course, in this game, there are spells too, which we'll talk about shortly, but first let's talk about brawls. So there, there are normal battles in this game, yeah. but there's something called brawls, which is a really strange combat rule. That I, I, I'm not sure why it's in here, but I'm sure in practice it might actually work out really cool. Yeah. So if two characters enter combat and are extremely close to each other and start a fist fight or, or just a normal fight, and one of them declares out of game, if be it the GM or the other guy... Um, it, 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 that it's a brawl it's considered to be a brawl zone and they cannot leave unless knocked out <laughs> or using special rules to escape the brawl zone so it's equivalent of basically a load of people in a crowd all circling and going fight fight yeah, fight, yeah. fight. <laughs> or, or like you know in a cartoon yeah. when there's that cloud and there's fists coming out <laughs> yeah, you can't leave that until <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. over so, yeah. uh, or unless you use the special rules to get out okay. right? so additionally anyone passing by the, the brawl zone is in danger of getting whacked by a flying fist. <laughs> of course, yeah. Awesome. And any character can join the brawl if they declare they're joining the brawl and and, and up to 20 people can enter and join the brawl zone. <laughs> so, that's that's a, incredible. Royal Rumble. Yeah, so it is literally like the rules for a Royal Rumble. That's so like, cool. Yeah. I like it. There are even rules for like slinging spells into a brawl zone and oh, things wow. like this. So, and it might just hit random people because it's just a bunch of fists flying. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, yeah, 
And one rule I really like, if two brawl zones break out and they move towards each other, they can fuse. Mega brawl zones. <laughs> <laughs> so That's nuts. It's, yeah, it's bizarre. I know so you've got two avenues of combat. Yeah, so mm-hmm. yeah, the brawls are, are basically, they are just quick rules for having like a really dirty big fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's really cool. Sounds I, fun. Uh, it's bizarre that they even included it in there because I would assume just a normal fight could be used to resolve that, but a brawl seems to be like a more dirty Bring on fight. the brawl zone, yeah. mate, yeah. Um, yeah, very weird. But I like that. Let's talk about magic. So magic in this game is fairly simple to use. Um, if you buy a level in one of the spellcasting classes, um, you'll have the spellcasting ability and can use the spells of that class appropriate to your class level. So you can use... if so Let's say, for example, you buy level one of gun mage or fairy tamer, right? Mm-hmm. Then you get all the spells, all the level one spells, and you can use all of them Anytime you want. Straight away. But they cost the, you know, the relevant MP. Mm-hmm. So there's five types of magic. Sorcerers use true speech. Conjurers use manipulation. Priests use divine. Fairy tamers use fairy magic. And gun mages use magitech. And if you cast a spell, you roll spell casting, then uh, the enemy uses either willpower or fortitude to resist, depending mm-hmm. on the spell. And if they succeed in resisting they either nullify it or halve it depending on the spell and sometimes they can't nullify or halve mm, it depending okay. on the spell it's pretty easy and then you just take off the MP and you're done okay. so yeah each one has a, a like a, a mana point cost yeah um, that's pretty much it um, it's nice and easy um, but let's look at some of the spells so some level 1 sorcery or true speech as it's called energy bolt deals 10 impact plus magic power damage um, magic power is dependent on what um, like staff or stave or whatever weapon you're holding at the time mm-hmm. so um, light removes penalties to darkness within 10 meters sleep you'll know what that one does but the 6th level spells are not that exciting for sorcerer either you have things that are fairly commonplace in D&D like fireball which does 20 impact in a 3 meter radius conceal self and one called hard lock where you can magically lock something and it mm. can't be unlocked by non-magical means okay but bear in mind, this is just the Sorcerer, which we've seen a thousand times before in every other game. But let's take a look at some of the more whacked out classes. So, level one, Gun Mage can do Solid Bullet, <laughs> which is just a more damaging bullet. Okay. Or use Mana Searched to use their Magisphere to sniff out all treasure in an area. Ooh. At level two, they can make Knockout Bombs, but they're called Knocker Bombs. Knocker Bomb. That sounds good. At level three, they can make jump boots. At level five, (laughs) they can make zip lines and grenades and what the book calls shotgun bullets. They're essentially fantasy SWAT team Batman people. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I think everyone would That's be so that. Cool. I want to be a gun mage. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, if we play this, yeah. I know everyone's going to be want to be a gun mage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially because the rune folk who are basically like uh, fantasy robot types. Yeah. You're gonna to want to be a Runefolk gun mage. Yeah, everyone's yeah. gonna to want to be that. We're yeah. just gonna have a team of like, oh, basically a SWAT team. So yeah. cool. But yeah, they they are awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fairy tamers are like an elemental mages. Um, they can do things like use water to heal, use wind to make shields, use stone to make armor, ice to damage opponents, that kind of thing. And that that's essentially it. I mean, you know what the priests do. You know, yeah. it's, it's it's the standard kind of thing. But the 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 brilliant thing about this is that it really um, kind of 
pushes multi-classing. Yeah. So while the sorcerers do have your standard spells like fireball, conceal self, that kind of thing, if you combine that with the fact that you can then also take a couple of levels in gun mage, oh, and then you'll be slinging bombs at the same time, you'll be letting out a fairy that's got got like a, a big wind spell, yeah. and then at the same time as that, you can be healing your mate. <laughs> but you'll be doing them at varying degrees. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's pretty. It's pretty fucking cool. It, it is cool. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's pretty awesome. Playing a mage in this. No two mages are going to be the same. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. I like it. So, um, as I said, every class, no matter which class you are, gets a combat feat at every odd level. And the combat feats are pretty decent too. There's not too many and not too many prerequisites either, but I'll give a few examples. Iron Wall, for example. When blocking, you can block three allies in the same brawl zone as you. Ooh, nice. So that means, yeah, you're just a big, beefy motherfucker. Taking the hits so your mates don't, yeah. Just uh, as long as they're in the same brawl zone. Yep. Even, it doesn't even matter if they're... Even the mega brawl zone. Yeah. (laughs) It it doesn't even matter if they're that near you. It means you're so quick and so tough. You're just blocking for them. Yeah, Yeah, you're just blocking all over the place. There's Power Strike, plus four to attacks, but minus two to evasion when you use it. And there's Perfect. another one called Mana Strike. You can add magic power to your melee damage. Nice. So, yeah, they're pretty cool, and they're, they're quite basic. But the thing is is that when you think about what they affect in the game mm. and how how that stacks up with the multi-classing, it's really, really... I just love this idea of a big brawl going on. You've got wizards firing off grenades. You've got big guys blocking. You've got, like you said, all the big um, cloud of smoke where it's all kicking up. It just sounds nuts. Yeah, and then there's yeah. then there's a mage also just... He can hit somebody with a staff, but he can do proper damage. With yeah, it exactly. he's got the mana strike. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's actually... So things... it's like a glowing star for that second while he's striking them because it's yeah, you know, the wizard doesn't need to be yeah. bad at fighting yeah exactly it, for once yeah. yeah exactly it sounds like one of these brawl zones although um, it's meant to be sort of like a sort of quick dirty combat it sounds like it can last forever mm. because, <laughs> yes. because you could be like oh I'm going to fucking one guy's I'm, blocking sucking yeah. it all up yeah I'm going to throw a grenade shoot that person block <laughs> this um, to heal my mate and yeah. I love it I would like to see how it works in practice but I think it would actually be such great fun yeah um, okay, so looking at the equipment, nothing particularly amazing in there. Normal fantasy stuff. There's a lot of weapons, a lot, um, mm. except there's a few guns. And, of course, they've got um, all of the um, like static stuff for wrestling moves for oh, grapplers, nice. which is pretty cool. So each one has its own impact score. They've got, like, uh, for, for a headbutt, a kick, a mm-hmm. throw, all of that. And then they've got different weapons for, for grapplers as well. Oh, right. So you don't just have to stick to doing stuff like that. Like, you can get proper, uh, like, new boots, yeah. things like this yeah, for nice. kicking. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is pretty cool. Elbow um, pads for dirty elbow drops. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so the next part um, of the book is like the GM section, and it's all about the world. So uh, Raxia in more detail. And I won't bore you too much with the details. However, there is one important thing I need to bring up. I mentioned before that Raxia was brought into existence by three swords. Well, these swords are called the Swords of Creation, and they're called uh, Lumia, Ignis, and Cardia. Essentially, when the world was formed, there was nothing on it, and these swords whose origin is unknown, were used to create life. Basically, they flew about searching for intelligent life, got bored and created the everlasting soul, essentially (laughs) making the first ever human. Anyway, the swords themselves then did a bunch of shit, got wielded by people and used in wars and stuff. But Cardia, the third sword, didn't want to be involved in such evil, and so she decided to kill herself and exploded into a million pieces. Unbeknownst to her, however, the pieces of Cardia are now scattered all over the place, and give people great power and are used for good and evil and are simply called sword shards. Sweet. However, I mentioned earlier that there's something in this game called honor points and they're basically fame points. 
Well, one of the fastest ways to gain honor points is to retrieve sword shards and hand them into the authorities or to sell them at shops. Mm-hmm. And then you'll be like, holy shit, this guy retrieved the sword yeah. shard. He must be badass. Yeah. And additionally, there are many threats about in the world, be it bandits, goblins, whatever, that have found these shards and are now like really beefed up. Oh, man, so, yeah. So, like, you could fight an, a regular goblin, but he's got one of these sword shards, and now he's like, he's just like a big, beefy motherfucker. Yeah. Like, you remember that thing family guy with that pig that's like really. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's like, oink. <laughs> oink. Yeah, yeah, you might, like, you could even have that if you wanted to. Oh, mate, the creativity you could do with that as a GM writing a game as well. You know, something's got, something really pathetic's got hold of a short sword shard, and now it's like a, a many. It would be interesting to watch the players unfold of it if they found sword shards and chose to being greedy over it as well, yeah, fighting over either, it, yeah. either to go for the uh, the fame or to just keep it and and reap the benefits. And be more powerful. That's yeah. exactly what it is. So that's what I like about it. It creates an interesting di- dichotomy because mm-hmm. uh, the the either the infamy or the fame is a really handy tool in itself because handing it to the authority, if the police like you, um, well, then that's a good thing because... It's really favourable, isn't yeah. it? But then also just holding it back for yourself, well, then that power is really handy. Yeah. And if mm-hmm. somebody finds out, if the authorities find out that you've been keeping it, well, then you're going to be in trouble. So your fame's going to go down. Even if you're doing it for good reasons. Yeah, you've not... Had, so you had, so they're, they're supposed to be handed into the authorities when found. Right. Yeah. What's yeah. the idea in handing it into the authorities? Do they have an ultimate goal or is it just... Well, they just want, safe, they, want to, they want to keep them safe and stop them from falling into the wrong hands. Uh, okay. So, yeah. Right. But then you will also be, become legendary warriors because you've handed it in. Or imagine if you're the dudes that want to bring back the war and you're collecting shards and that's your job that's your quest is to pick them up to get more powerful so you can bring back the, the yeah. hub you know bring back the evil times or whatever it was yeah and yeah so you could do use them to do a ritual to bring back barbarous yeah exactly um, yeah so it's there's there's so many possibilities for stories within that mm. i mean i know that with D, one of the appeals is that there's so many stories that can be told and that the, the world is so open and, and the same goes for sword world really um, but it does have quite an interesting uh, narrative mm. to it. And yeah, I like I, it. I, I really enjoy that about it. Um, and the very last thing, really, is that the beast theory at the back is is really, really decent as well. Um, you've got all the classics in there. Kobold, Gremlin, Medusa, Killer Octopus, Ghoul Mage, Flabby Golem. Oh, of course. All, all, all the greats. <laughs> Flabby Golem. Flabby Golem. <laughs> no joke, Flabby Golem was one of the things in there. I'm fairly certain it's not a mistranslation because the translation is fantastic here. So, yeah, Flabby Golem. All the greats. All the greats. Um, so, yeah, I mean... We've we've pretty much steamrolled through this book. Uh, it's it's not a small book by any means, but it is. Um, it's not a budget. It's small title. in, it's in thick. size. It's thick, but it's it's uh, it's, it, it's pocket sized. It's a pocket sized book. This the the um, rule book is four hundred pages, but it's it's actually a pocket sized book. Mm. So you can pick up the original rule book um, for. I got it for about seven pounds mm. in, in Japan, um, and that is about the long and short of it. What it is is a simple game that allows you to do uh, many, many different things. Yeah, Definitely, yeah. a lot of stuff. So, yeah, I'm really, really proud to, to own this. Yeah, what are you looking guys? forward to playing it. Yeah. yeah. Well, for me, big uh, Gun Mage, obviously, sounds absolutely incredibly yes, cool. I definitely. love that it's the multi-classing isn't... Uh, it's actually... It, it looks good. It's something that's yeah. not going to break the game. If anything, it's, well, it's, it's it brings like more a, to it. A core mechanic almost, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, and the brawling, the mega brawl and all that. That's how, I mean, I like that there's, there's two separate types of combat. So, you know, depending on the situation, rather than your normal, okay, we're going into combat initiative and all that. Now you've got two two different dynamics. So is it a straight-out fight or is it a big pub brawl where everyone's getting involved? Yeah, you know? because I think it, it differentiates between the strategy or and, and not. Or a mosh pit. You could yeah. play out a mosh pit. It, it seems like a very simple 
elegant system. But then there's loads of things that you can add on top. So as I mentioned, you know, Japan is a collectivist culture. So um, as we saw on the side of the spine here, this is book one of 29. Yeah, yeah so, one of 29. But when I was in the store in Japan, I, I saw that this was... Um, this was on the shelf with, the, with they had just a whole set of shelves dedicated to sword world stuff nice. and it was loads of box sets so they had one box set dedicated just to airships and flying what? and so it was a box set with uh, minis models that you could build nice. and things like this and then they had one box set dedicated to LARP material and I was, wow. I was, I was this close to buying oh. it but I had a look on the back and it did look proper cringe it had oh. like masks in there and things oh, no. and I was like oh. <laughs> <laughs> Talking, <laughs> talk about co- uh, collector zone eh if they've yeah. got like individual box sets for just like really small sort of sections of it but then the the book two um which has yet to be translated that that did have um things like uh it has new classes in it like bards things like this and it was pretty cool um the only thing is is that they i i got this one because it's the translated one yeah sure. but you can yes. play this for years um and i'm sure people have so yeah. it's cool but like the one thing that I wanted to talk about is how does this stack up against D&D and Pathfinder because obviously this was made to be a direct competitor to them. It's got like similarities but that's it. That's it. It's yeah. not like, you know, it's just not the same thing in a different system. They've changed so much of oh, it. Oh, no, it's, yeah, it's got a lot of nuances, isn't it? It's yeah. um, like, the, the, the whole, I love the backstory of the um, creation of the Earth as well. That's interesting. I yeah, like that. and I feel that's like really cool. the, the, um, the way that it works in terms of the system is different. The classes and the way that you you build your characters, like it is, it is different enough. I mean, I've I've raved about how I think that D and D Fifth Edition it does make a lot of characters the same, mm. and I guess this does do it to an extent. But this game is more geared towards that kind of like play to where you just it's all about multi-classing and your yeah. adventurers are rare in this world so, yeah. so they're, they're, people are all about learning different things mm. but I think if you wanted to challenge yourself and just play a straight sage just a knowledge character go, yeah, go, why for not? go for it and I like that you've got these like kind of pockets of humanity that are just holding on in this kind of really dark world where uh, everything else is pretty evil mm. and wretched yeah. yeah and it does say as well it does Wicked. say specifically that humans are the uh, the main race as Ooh. well which is something that, that is supposed to be done in D&D but in this it says that the other races are rare. Oh, okay. But you're but you're supposed to mainly play humans. Right. But the other races, if you're playing one, you should act as if it's a rare thing. Yeah, absolutely. For you to be together. So you coming across a dwarf is quite uncommon. Yeah, or a town, exactly. you might have all humans and a couple of elves. And yeah. that's it. I yeah. see. And yeah. that's something like now in D and D fifth edition, mm. it's always commonplace to have elves, humans, all of this all, all mixed together. Up together. And it's yeah. just it, yeah. it, it gets tiresome. Yeah, I know what you mean. And I feel like when I first started researching this game, I was out in Japan and I I, I felt like uh, I was looking for a game to buy basically yeah. I wanted to get something out there just because they have a quite a healthy RPG scene out there and I wanted to get something and I looked into this and I thought uh, first of all the first comment I saw was oh it's just basically a shit version of AD&D and I was like I don't know because I feel like it, yeah, who wrote that yeah I feel like this to, to me this um, has a lot of modern nuances like because it, it it does away with a lot of the crunch yeah. It does away with, with a lot of um, the the boring parts of D&D and Pathfinder. Would you call it rules light? I think so, yeah. Hmm. How quickly can you knock up a character? It's, as it's I said 15. before, it's like 15 minutes. 15 minutes, so, yeah, exactly. It's, so. it's well easy, man. I, could... I knocked one up the other day just to check. Because yeah. I was reading through the stats and it seems fairly complex. And 
yeah, once you actually sit down and do the maths, it's yeah. well easy. Okay, nice. Because a lot of the way it works, like you get um, your stat scores just given to you at the beginning, then you roll a couple of things. That's it. That's it. Where yeah. you go. Nice. And then you put them in a sheet, add, add, add it up where it needs to be, and it's done. Yeah, Amazing. That, that is literally it. And then so if anyone just... wants to play this, how can they? Well, it was translated by a team of roughly about six or seven people I think on and it's on a wiki just type in Sword World book one translation mm-hmm. and there it is and, and it's on a, on a wiki online and it, what's handy about that is you can just click on all the stuff yeah yeah. Um, but yeah and I as I as I mentioned earlier I, I uh, bought the map and the starter box and I sent you guys some pictures yeah the starter box looks banging it has a lot of stuff in there some player tokens you said you weren't very fond of but the like DM screen Oh, yeah, dice, nice. I love the cloth map. I think it's ingenious. Yeah. yeah. Well, the only thing about the um, starter box I didn't like, because the starter box came with a bunch of dungeon tiles, which are really cool because it's got like little thin hallways mm-hmm. and then rooms and stuff like this. It came with some gems to represent, I think, because this hasn't been translated, but I think it's it's HP and MP. Oh, just tokens. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then it's got tokens for monsters, but mm-hmm. they're all generic, so they can right. be any monster. Gotcha. And then it's got um, it's got some little standees for the player characters. And the only thing I didn't like, because the artwork in this is so fantastic, people might say it's like anime style, but it's not. It's just... It's not it's as like, anime as you'd think at no, all, I don't it's think. it's just... Um, Western inspired yeah, Japanese black art uh, black line art it's really nice yeah but the um, tokens in the starter box they, they're very um, cutesy chibi right yeah. um, but I think it's to get people into it <laughs> yeah yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah it's to, to, to um, broad the spectrum isn't it but what it comes with, it's got um, cards for equipment, yep. which you can read without having to read Japanese. That's nice. It's got cards for monsters, which you can do, do the same thing. The only thing is is that the um, starter rules are a condensed version of the rules. Gotcha. So yeah. it's more like a board game version of it. But all the stuff in That's it... Cool. Everyone else does that, though. You know what I mean? So yeah. how much was the... Um how much did the box set you back? Start a box. Fifteen pounds. Not bad at all. Which is way really? better. Yeah. yeah. So better. you got the core book for uh, seven. seven, and then the start so box for just over twenty quid. Yeah, that's and, banging. And bad, the map was fifteen pounds as well, which is a little bit on the expensive it's side. Big, but it it's is material that lasts forever. Yeah. You can use it probably. It's proper cloth. Yeah. yeah. How you, big is it? The map? Uh, it's gigantic. It's I'll large. Yeah. Right. Oh wow. This is going to be audibly hideous. <laughs> I'll cut. I'll cut to when I get it out. Masturbator. So there you go. Have a look. Oh shit! It's like it's, it's a really. Oh, it's like a proper tea towel. Yeah, tea towel thickness. Cloth. That's huge. It's yeah. as big as um. That's about what's that? A what? A two? A one? No yeah, idea. Yeah, don't know. Well, Americans won't know that. It's like a poster. It's like a large movie poster size. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. It's nice, and isn't it? It looks yeah, really, really nice. nice. One of the things that annoyed me about this map, though, was if you take a look at the cover here, right? You'll notice something about it, which is part of the reason I bought it. What? Oh, it's got English on it. Yeah, yeah. So it's oh. got so so on the actual cover for the map, the the places are actually written in English, but that's not the case. They're that's not the case. On all the in Japanese cloth on the map. actual map. Yeah, so yeah. it's not English friendly. Um, but then I suppose if anything, it, it might in a way it could make it generic as well. So you could don't have to use that with that game because you don't know what the places are. So you could be like, oh yeah, that one's so and so. Use yeah. it in a different game, and it might add to yeah. the feeling. But mm-hmm. all the places are listed in the book anyway, so you could just be like, if you know your shit, you can know where the places are. So it's it's useful. Anyway. I like it because it could be as the tablecloth essentially, right? Yeah, just to add and a feel. Mm-hmm. Fucking, you know, only if your your players are drinking something with colouring in. If you spill water in it, it's washproof. You know, it's it's just wash, wash it. Yeah, we'll slap them first, but then obviously stick yeah, it in the wash. Yeah, but it's like it's 
It's, it's cool. really nice. I've never seen a map made out of that out of cloth, basically. So yeah, it's, it's beautiful. It's, that's really cool. So yeah, that's um, that's Sword World. Um, yeah, r- really really cool game. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to playing it. I'm I'm, I'm pretty psyched because I might. Now I always say this, but I might run this as my Instead. next game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but it's good though because obviously it's something that's uh, in- interested interested you. You've bought it. Uh, we Gun Mage, hello. Reviewed <laughs> it. You know, I think it's something that our player group are gonna really enjoy because it's a we love brand new systems, Ooh, and yeah. this one sounds like something we can really get on board. I yeah. would argue that a lot of people would enjoy this and not to be turned off by the fact that it's a Japanese translation because I don't think it requires too much work and to actually get to the meat of this game is decent and it's worth it. It's yeah. p- and it's piss easy because you yeah. can just like, read the translation. Yeah. Well, yeah, Harrison said that apparently the translation is, is very, very, very well good. Done. Yeah, it's exactly. really, really well done. Uh, the only part that isn't translated is the adventure at the back, which is unfortunate. But uh, the map is is cool in the book, but you can't buy the book, so well, fuck it. <laughs> it's just use your favourite D and D adventure and just turn it into a swordwood one. Yeah, it's exactly. not that hard, is it? You know what I mean? Exactly, so, and use the system, which is better than D. So guys, give it a go. Yeah, because we will be. Yeah, yeah. All right. So yeah. that's it for the main subject. Let's move on to some uh, naughty business. <laughs> in a land far beyond your imagining, adventure waits. And down beneath you will find things that you never dreamed of seeing. Goblins, orcs, treasures, mountains of gold. Will you be brave enough to delve deep and beat the final boss of the dungeon? This is Adventure Calls. Available for $49.99.99. Available at all good retailers. So ladies and gentlemen, we know prank calls are bad. But Juvenile. For lame people that have no sense of humour. And that's why it's on this show. And that's still, why, that's, yeah, that's why I've done one. That's why I've done one. All right. Yeah. Forget about it. There, at games, you know, D and D, Pathfinder, role playing games. Mm-hmm. Disagreements happen, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why I tried to hire a private investigator. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Good morning, Claypool. How can I help? Hello. Um, I'd like to hire a private detective, if I may. Okay. Okay. Do you mind if I just ask for some more information first? Absolutely. Um, what service is it you're looking for? I'd like to investigate a friend of mine who has wronged okay. me. Who was what, sorry? Who has wronged me. Oh, okay. No problem. And what information do you have? Do you have um, this guy's full name or do you have a last known address? And are we talking in the UK? Yes, he's in the UK and I have all that information. His name is okay. Devon. I call him Devon the Bastard. Oh my God. <laughs> and are we talking debt-related? Mm, n- not debt-related per se but he owes me big time let's just put it that way okay okay do you mind if I take your name I'm going to put you through to the relevant person so uh, they can just discuss this a bit further with you please yes my name's Jenkins okay Mr. Jenkins bear with me one second please please hold the line and your call will be dealt by someone in the team very shortly hello Mr. Jenkins hello Hello, can I please, um, are you able to um, email myself all the details you have and what you require? Well, I could go over it now very quickly. Okay, okay. Here's what happened. So, uh, I was, uh, it's a little embarrassing, but I, I'm part of, a, pa- part of a game group with one of my friends, uh, this guy Devon. Uh, and basically what happened was, is I was there one week with Devon and my 20-sided dice went missing whilst playing Dungeons and Dragons. And uh, and I, the next week, he turns up, Devon, with a red one that looks exactly like the one that was missing that was mine. And I said to him, I said, Devon, you bastard. 
what is it we're talking about? A red... Dice. Dice, okay. That belongs to me. And I said, Devon, you bastard, you give that back. And he said, oh, I bought it in the shop. Which shop, I said. And he, he couldn't answer. Right? And it belongs to me. I know it's mine. So how much would you charge for investigating this? What, to see if this dice is yours? Yes. And for killing him. Well, no, okay, not that. (laughs) Um, Okay. Um, I don't find it funny. He's stolen from me. Yes, if it is mine or if it is not mine. But I know it's mine, and Devon is a bastard. I, okay, I understand Devon is sad, and that's absolutely fine. But in respect of, um, I mean, you know where Devon is. I mean, what, I, I don't quite understand what we can actually... I mean, if we're talking about a, a red dice here that he's saying is his and you're saying is yours, how are we supposed to... Um, I mean, we don't, we're not going to know if this is yours or not. I mean, it's... Uh, we can do tracing work, we can do surveillance work, we can do um, in-depth precincts. I'll go to the shop, yeah, go back to the shop and see if um, or see if your friend can provide any kind of receipt or proof. Well, maybe if you were to surveil him, you might see him holding the dice and laughing or something. I doubt surveillance would see him holding this dice. I hmm. really don't think that will be the case. I mean, how big, how big is this dice? Are we talking? It's regular size, but it's a 20-sided a one size. used for... Yes. yes. Um, no, I don't. I really don't think we can assist on this one. I'm afraid. Um, ah. We only sort of do on people. We really can't do what what their you know their belongings or we're unable to do any kind of proof regarding that that type of service. Well then, I've um, gone down every avenue that I can. Um, I must hire a hitman. What? Oh, uh, it's just see if he can sort of give you some sort of receipt or. I think in that respect, you know, it saves you a bit of money also if he can sort of prove that it is. If you can prove it's yours, or if he can prove he hmm. just bought it. I will try that, but I've read between the lines. I, I think we both know what I have to do to Devon. <laughs> well, yeah, just, just don't do anything illegal, that's what I can say. <laughs> <laughs> ah, wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> not to not all, you know. <laughs> 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 um, Mr Jenkins, I do apologise, um, but, but I do wish you luck, and I hope you... Get your dice back. Get the bastard. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you very much. It's an absolute pleasure. Nice talking to you. And you. Bye bye. Bye. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> that was. Uh, she was the best. That was. That she was. She was so good. That I think beautiful. she was genuinely trying to help. Like, she was. She, she, she wanted, wanted to. Yeah. She, she really was. Yeah. She wanted me to get it back. Oh, oh my god, god, Mr. Jenkins. That was one where I was genuinely worried. Like afterwards, because I was like, I think I mentioned killing somebody too much during that one. I was like, should I call them back and say it, it was, was just a joke? <laughs> it was. I don't really want to kill him. Just maim him. <laughs> I do. I, I do like that. That's very. As long as you don't do anything illegal. So uh, that was an actual uh, investi- uh, private investigators then. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow! That, that they existed over great. it. No, they're real. That was a, that was like a global thing as well. Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god! Very good. Very very good. I love it. She tried so hard for you, bro. Oh. Shout out to the the lady. Yeah. So I would recommend them, but. Well, that, no, I won't. No, no. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. Devon the bastard. But they are out there. Uh, that we now know. Yeah. <laughs> so, so good. All there right. We go. Moving on. Let's go into the Chamber of Challenges, shall we? Yes. Welcome to the Chamber of Challenges. Chamber of Challenges. The Chamber of Challenges. Chamber of Challenges. Oh. 
the Chamber of Challenges. <laughs> Alright, so this is the Chamber of Challenges, where we do challenges for each other relating to RPGs and such. So, Nick, you got one, haven't you? We've got the classic, bring him back, dragon or blagging. Nice. Yeah. Um, so, uh, here we go. So, in this dragon or blagging, um, I will read to you four answers, and you must tell me which the right one is. And the theme this time is Japanese tabletop role-playing games. Nice. Cool. Okay, so, question on number one. Please identify the correct one. Dragon Half RPG... Dragon Man Forever 5000 RPG, Dragon Hearts High School Senior Year RPG, or Dragon Day Trials of the Broken Kingdom RPG? I reckon it's the Senior Year one. I'm going to go oh, uh, with the second one. Dragon Man Forever 5000. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's totally not going to be that. All right, yeah, I reckon Dragon Hearts Senior Year, whatever it's Dragon Hearts High School Senior Year RPG. Yeah, that one. You're both wrong. Damn! It's a Dragon Half RPG. Oh, uh, of course. Soz. Because it's the, the non-silly one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, it. question number two. Uh, name the correct RPG. Uh, Japanese RPG. Uh, the Tiny Prince and Other Adventures RPG. The Frontier of the Sun God RPG. Infinity Fantasia RPG. Their Eyes That Can See But Are Blind to True Light RPG. Man, these are all so... You've really understood the naming conventions. Of, you, you're good at this shit. I think Infinity Fantasia because that really sounds like a JRPG. And then mm-hmm. the Sun one. Uh, the Frontier of the Sun God RPG. Yeah. Yeah. You are wrong, Harrison. You are correct. Yeah. Infinity Fantasia RPG. I am the winner. You get to take that point home. Yeah, you can have that one. Put it in your pocket. Uh, question number three. Malice, the Mayhem of the Divine RPG. Terror, the Gunslinger RPG. Eaters of the Universe, the Final Descent RPG. Or Disgruntled Intruders RPG. I think it's Terror, the Gunslinger, because yeah, that rings a bell. Well, it sounds good. You go for that as well? sounds yeah? good too, yeah. You're both correct. It's Terror, the Gunslinger. It sounds it's great, based, isn't it? It's based on an anime or something, I Is think. Is it really? Yeah, I think so. Is it? I think so. Wow, cool. The, the Gunslinger what? Terror, the Gunslinger. Terror, the Gunslinger. T-E-R-R-A. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, question number four. Sensational Fighter Deluxe. (laughs) (laughs) Samurai Shogun Cyber Pirate. Oh. That's awesome. If that isn't one, it should be one. Fucking yes. True Star Unlimited. And Gun Dog Zero. True Star Unlimited. Yes, True Star Unlimited. You're both wrong. (laughs) It's Gun Dog Zero. What? (laughs) Awesome. Sensational Fighter Unlimited should be one. Sensational Fighter Deluxe. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) That was a made up one. Because it sounds like Sensational Fighter Deluxe sounds like it was like a badly translated one. This is what I was trying to go for because it's. I was trying to go for the bad translations where they just use weird words that don't really mix. Yeah, because it should mean like like the best fighter in the world or something like this. Yeah. Yeah. Right, question number five. The last question. There's two here. All right, so you've got to pick two of the correct answers. Is it Savage Science, Hyper Goblins and Gaskets Revival, <laughs> Metalhead, or Dystopian Dynasties? Metalhead. I think Metalhead and, oh, and Hyper Goblins and Gaskets Revival. Mine's, mine's the last two. Um, Metalhead and... Uh, what the Dystopian fuck? D- Dynasties. Yeah. Uh, you got Metalhead right, but the rest are wrong. It's Savage Science. Huh. So Savage Science and Metalhead are both uh, Japanese RPGs or JRPGs. That's cool. Wicked. 
Ah. And that's that. Hypergoblins and Gaskets Revival should be one. <laughs> that totally made that oh, one up. That is awesome. Hypergoblins and Gaskets. There was um, a challenge like similar to this on a uh, on a like a, a video game related one years and years ago where they did something similar but with like computer game RPGs. Oh, right. And yeah. there was one called um, one called Biden Biden. You're the light. <laughs> <laughs> right. I got one for you guys. Okay. Oh yeah. Um, so what I did while I was out in Japan, I did something. I use the Google Translate app. You know the one yep. where you can point it at things Hell and it'll yeah. translate on the fly. Helps and me it, write it, out. It basically, well, not with Japanese names. <laughs> they've got three alphabets. Oh, so, shit. so the thing is, it would almost always shit itself and never work. <laughs> and so, what I did is, I um, especially if it was handwritten text, that was when it really Ooh, fucked I bet. up. Yeah, yeah. And so, what I did is, I translated a bunch of uh, names of RPGs to Japanese, then wrote it down by hand, yeah. and then pointed my phone at it, <laughs> and then. Uh, then I've got the names of these games that, oh, that Google Translate has given oh, me and God. you have to guess what the name is okay. of the game. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I've given you an easy one to start with, right? Mm-hmm. Path Minutes. Pathfinder. Yep, Path correct. Minutes. <laughs> right, next one. India Jobs, The Adventures. Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah, Adventure. yeah. India right. Jobs. <laughs> right, now this is where it's going to get fucked up. Here we go. Right, Customer Playing. Wait. Oh. Come on. Customer We're playing. Gonna have to push you for an answer. Guys. Oh my god! Made RPG. I have no Made. idea. Uh, customer playing. Uh, oh, <laughs> fucking hell! Was role playing? Role playing? Something role playing? Oh, it's role playing the RPG. Oh, that one, yeah. Uh, oh, god. Nick, I'm gonna have to push you for an answer. Oh, sorry. Okay, that was Warhammer Fantasy role play. What? <laughs> what? Oh wow, that, that messed out a lot. All right, next one. Dungeon Crow playing. Dungeon Crow Classics. Yes, yeah. you got it right. That was Dungeon, Dungeon Crow. Crow. <laughs> All right, next one. Fairy tale. Fairy tale. Nick. Fate. Yes. Oh, oh yes. Oh, no way. Yeah, because that one it just did like a Japanese pronunciation and just translate that. So it, for some reason, fate got done as like fairy tale. Fairy tale. <laughs> All right, next one. Uh, you're never gonna get this one right. D off. D off. D. Of or off? The off. Shadowrun. <laughs> and Nick. Call of Cthulhu. That was Deadlands. Oh, right. Oh. The off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know why. Dead, D, and then off, lands. I don't know. Right, this one. I've saved the best to last. Oh, okay. where? Cement lesbian and other stories. <laughs> <laughs> Cement lesbian and other stories. Cement lesbian? Cement lesbian what and the other hell? stories. Uh... The only thing I'm getting is because of other stories. Is it um, Darren Tales of the Space? No, because that hasn't got another stories in it. I don't know. Um, I want to go with... <laughs> Cement lesbian. What's that? Um, high school RPG. Ooh. That's got cement lesbians in it. I'm yeah. going to go for Maid. That was Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles and Other Strangeness. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. So, well done. Wicked Chamber scored pretty low on that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I've got one. S- similar to Harrison's, I call it Lost in Translation. Mm-hmm. And what I did is I took, in English, RPG-related words. I translated it using Google Translate to Filipino. <laughs> I then translated the Filipino to Japanese. <laughs> and then translated the Japanese back to English. Wow. It's yeah, because I, I did it from just English to Japanese and Japanese to English, right? Mm. And... I've, it, most of them worked out really well. Okay. Now there are a handful of these um, that are piss easy. 
but I just thought it's quite interesting. Uh, and I think some others that are completely going to be unattainable by you All guys. All right, let's go. All right, first one, Cruel World. Savage Worlds. Yep. Auxiliary RPG. Mm, auxiliary RPG. Oh, so that's like... Well, auxiliary. No, auxiliary. Like, oh, uh, cable. Yeah, yeah, good like, Auxiliary cable, uh, but not cable. Auxiliary oh. RPG. <laughs> auxiliary RPG. Cyberpunk. Nah, that's got to be. I have no idea. Uh, made RPG. Yes. Oh, what? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Weird. Because it's Weird. gone through. It's gone through. Uh, what two translations? Bloody that's yeah. for you. This is why it's great. Alright. This one I really don't know if you'll get and it's it I didn't understand it when the translation came through. That's but, Google Translate for you, man. Yeah. It is a bit backwards sometimes. Killani. <laughs> Killani? Yes. What a Killani. Um Oh Is it Zweihander? No. Alright. Is it Go Nick Killani? Killani. Just Killani. The word Killani. Just one word. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's Pathfinder. That's, that's the end. Pathfinder. You think it's Pathfinder? To scare me what you said. Uh, um, Killani? I no, have no uh, idea. The original, English, the original English text that I typed in was Killer Genie. Oh, yeah, because it's, it's <laughs> words, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Killer Genie. Killani. Oh, God. Killani. Okay. Wicked. Bird. Yep. Just bird? Yep, bird. Is it bird? Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, so this it could be hard. an RPG-related word. Yeah, 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 yeah. Alright, dice. Oh, yeah. I was thinking dice. Uh, pencil. Bard. Oh, oh bard. God. <laughs> yes. See, I need, some of these would be frustrating for uh, you. Uh, next one is... <laughs> Vampires are crazy. Vampire Masquerade. Yes. <laughs> Vampires are crazy. <laughs> Just so you know. <laughs> next one I've got... Um, it came out as a dining room. <laughs> A dining room. Dungeon. And dragons. A dining room. What, well, a dining room? It says a dining Is room. Is it a game or, or something else? Give us a little hint. Oh, table. No hints. Oh, t- yeah. Oh, okay. Tabletop? Right. A canteen. What the hell has that got to do with gaming? It's RPG related. What, like a canteen? What? A, like a canteen that you hold water in, yeah. Oh my God, James, that's, that's a so bit tenuous, obscure. Mate. That's so obscure. <laughs> How is it? A canteen is like an item you might buy in a game. Exactly. For fuck's sake. Then, uh, you just, you've just proved that it's RPG. Yeah, you can buy any. You can oh, buy anything okay. in an RPG. <laughs> yes, but specifically naming it a canteen is typically no, RPG. Because what, no, because a canteen, you buy a canteen in real life, like a pee in Coach McGurk's canteen. A pee in Coach McGurk's yeah, canteen. Yeah, but by you... Can- that it could be in an RPG so uh, <laughs> correct alright All right. this is good um, this is easy bow at arrow bow and arrow yeah. bow at arrow <laughs> get my bow at arrow <laughs> they're in the same place and then the last one I've got is edge and disturbance edge and disturbance oh god edge and disturbance I think I can get this on edge and disturbance mmm Dungeons and Dragons. Nick, give me an answer. Uh, give an answer. Okay. Uh, is it Cat Fulu? No, it's Edges and Hindrances. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and there we have it. Lost you in stumped, translation. You stumped us. Yeah, good one. Everyone got some points. Everyone got some points. Fun was had. 
Now Good. fuck off. Now get out. Because <laughs> we got some electro letters. Oh, so we got some on. hot Jesus. letters. <laughs> some hot letters straight off the letter press. Yep. Right, let's let's go into the canteen of letters. <laughs> In the future, you will be able to send a letter from anywhere on the planet. This is the future. This is the electro letter. This is Electro Letters, where we read your mail from around the world. And this time, I asked for your um, most controversial gaming opinions. And Jesus Christ. What, up, what's didn't wrong it? with you guys? <laughs> You're yeah, so it got, angry. It got, it got a bit mental. It just basically, on Google+, Plus it devolved into people arguing, didn't yeah, it? There's like 47 comments when I look back. I was yeah, like, and I was like, hell? oh my God, I can't believe we got this many responses. No, it was no, mainly no, just like arguing each It was other. everyone arguing yep. with each other. So, um, we'll start with Richard Walcock, the my man. <laughs> he says, controversial RPG-related opinion. If there are no game rules, it's not an RPG. At most, it's a collaborative storytelling exercise. I'm looking at you two under word RPG challenge. A short story is not an RPG. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll give him that. But then, yeah. but then the thing is, I don't think I've encountered a game like that. I mean, because Fiasco is a storytelling sort of collaborative game but it does have rules it's got rules to it it's got what slight mechanics with with, with the dice it, and stuff so that gives you that gives you like what to go on mm. but then when it actually gets into the story that's not really there are no rules there yeah, that's I mean? true that's true um Patrick Shadow Dad Greenlaw comes in. Immersion in an RPG is not attainable as long as there are rules. I mean true immersion. Is it is possible to get players interested and involved in a game but I'm getting the but getting the kind of immersion where players feel the sorrow or joy of the character as if it was their own is impossible while rules are there. Now, I'm not saying you have to play ruleless games. I think in order to get immersion, you need to be willing to set the rules aside from time to time so that the roleplay can take a front seat. Flame away. Oh, I'm oh. ready to flame away. No, but I'll, I'll, I'll give him that. But I, I, I do feel what the character feels. Yeah, no, I, I, I think, think we're quite lucky. Player. We're we're quite lucky. We all we all get really immersed. But the, uh, thing, but the yeah. thing about it is he's he's right though. But that that's during the moments where the rules are set aside because you have to when you're not rolling for what your character feels and mm-hmm. you're just chatting and having having those moments of yep. of getting into character. That's when you really feel what the character feels. Absolutely. If you're if you're saying um, you know roll will to see if you cry or not. Nah. That's not right. Nah. Because you're letting you're letting char- pure chance uh, define your character. Right. Exactly. That's um, not right. I feel like the when it comes to role playing, the dice have to take don't be set aside. Absolutely. And I uh, think as well, I'd argue that uh, although although um, you know rules for me are there, you know they're good to be there. Sometimes that you don't need to have a game full of rolling for it to be a decent game. Like you know, you and sometimes it will. When you want to leave it down to fate, when you generally don't know as a character where something's going to go, mm. then that's when the dice can come in. Yes. But at the same time, if you're if you're immersed in your character and you believe your character and and and, and you want to play him, then immersion, I think, personally, lies within. If I'm honest yeah, with you. I, I agree. And I, but I feel as if I, I feel as if immersion is there. True yeah. immersion, where you feel like the character. I don't feel like rules get in the way of no. that. Um, that's that's personally for me. Um, you know, I, uh, that is a controversial opinion, though. Mm-hmm. That's what he feels. Yeah, no, you know? absolutely, and, and that's fair enough. Um, there's a lot of people that feel like that. Um, but then, like, I th- I think that we're doing it right because when it comes down to role playing, mm-hmm. we're not rolling dice. No. If if you're asking to persuade somebody, yeah, but that means that's because that's whether or not that other character is going to believe you. Yeah. But what you're saying and what you're doing. 
that is still down to you just role playing it. Yeah, and often we will we will, so if we, exactly that it's a perfect example. If we're doing a persuade, we'll often make the argument first, and yeah. then it can be amazing argument. But if the role if the if the dice don't work out, then the guy just doesn't respond to All it. That, but that still means that you've got immersed and still role playing your character. Exactly, you know. So, but the guy that you're talking to just didn't buy it. Yeah, and that's yeah. Ha- and that happens. <laughs> you yeah, know it I mean? happens in real yeah. life. You yeah. can make the most convincing argument ever, but the guy on the other end of the Ain't argument can be yeah. a dick, and yeah. and that's fine. It's that you can still get into it. But then I don't like a game that's bogged down with so much rolling that there's not much time for roleplay. Yeah, but then then to an extent, I suppose Vampire um, has roles for every role-playing situation, and yeah. I still feel like I got into that. Uh, that, was, Ooh, that we, we were super immersed in that. I feel like what you need to do um, is... You, you just need to think as your character more. Yeah, and I feel like in order to get properly immersed, you need to, you need to sort of... Um, get into a different mode of thinking. Yeah. You need to get into your character a bit more than you would if you were just, say, in a drama group. Totally, because you yeah. need to understand that the dice are part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's how you get immersed, you know? Uh, yeah. But we could speak about this all day. Let's move yeah. on to yeah. the next guy. Manuel Sams comes in. He says, if you have to break the rules to run a game, the rules suck and you should use another system. If you have to break the rules, no matter the system, to tell your story, stay away from me and my table. <laughs> This does not apply to house rules as long as they are clearly defined in advance or by table consent. So he's saying that uh, house rules, i.e. breaking the rules, Mm. are wrong. Shut up. Yeah. (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) I think I I understand what he means, but... um, he he's saying that that if I guess if you have to run a game and it's not rules as written and uh, just to tell the yeah. story that you want to tell, then that game isn't for that story. Because well, yeah. like yeah. say Savage Worlds, for instance, there's house rules that are common practice and common knowledge, mm-hmm. like Joker's Wild and stuff like that, right? And they add to the game. Whereas I think he means like, all right, so um, we're going to play with no edges and hindrances. Yeah, then you're breaking the game yeah, because you feel it doesn't tell yeah. your story yeah, as yeah, a yeah. DM. Then, then that's wrong. I would argue that you're doing something wrong, not yeah. the game. Yeah. <laughs> and also, you know how all of the opposed roles are meant to happen behind the screen. Yeah. If the GM, yeah, well, no, if, but, not, don't have to. No, but no, if don't the, have to. But if the GM decides, I'm not going to roll. I'm just going to decide whether it's a yes or no. Yeah, that's yeah. breaking it. Oh, totally. Yeah, oh, because no, no, you're no. at their liberty. That's a very good point, James. Yeah, because there are some GMs that that say like, yeah, exactly. Like, I I don't. I have to tell my story. Yeah. So I'm going to break the rules and I'm not going to roll for it. Yeah. My character, therefore, yeah, my character therefore, wins. Yeah. yeah. You could say absolutely anything to this NPC and his decision is predefined before you even spoke to him. So yeah. yes. That sucks. Yeah, no, no, yeah. no. He's absolutely right there. Yeah. Um, the one thing is that um, you breaking the rules like that is it's horrible. But sometimes, let's say for example, if you're playing with a pre-established universe, sometimes breaking the rules can be a good place to mm-hmm. start. Let's say for example, this might be a bad example, but let's say for example in in uh, vampire for example, yeah, um, staking a vampire through the heart kills vampires, right? Okay, yeah. so let's say for example you come across one and uh, you. There's this vampire that you've been... You're not supposed to kill other vampires, but let's say, for example, the prince has said to you, look, I know that we are not supposed to kill other vampires, blah, 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 but this this time I'm, uh, I need you guys to track this guy down and kill him. He's become a liability. You yeah. have to kill him. And you go and you stake him through the heart and he comes back the next day. Mm-hmm. It breaks a rule, a, a fundamentally established rule of the game, uh-huh. but 
it's a great place to start for a story. Yeah, because what the breaks... hell's wrong with this vampire? Yeah, yeah. It, breaks yeah. it breaks one, one rule yeah. and then causes complete but it chaos. it makes everyone, it turns it on his head and in order to play a part, you're going to be like, hold on a minute, but I thought vampires died by being stakes. It's like, well, but I think that weird, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but I think that he's, he's talking about something different. Yeah. yeah. You know, <clears throat> the next one comes in from Fern Kelly uh, and they say, GMPCs aren't necessarily a bad thing, although I have experienced where they suck. I'm more used to where they're allies and part of the party in enjoyable ways. Uh, yeah, I guess I guess it depends how you do it, you know. Um, but I've never heard of I've never heard of a positive experience. So I'd like somebody to send a story in. GMPCs, eh? Or I've only ever heard it where where the uh, where the um, GM snatches glory. From yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm to do this. Yeah, I yeah. remember we had somebody send in a story once where they got to the last boss and the GMPC killed it. Do you remember? <laughs> that was um, that was, was our like, last episode. Yeah, I yeah, suppose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they came in and then they stole the thunder away from all the players. The players had worked hard to get to that place and then uh, the goblin or whatever it was just killed everyone yeah yeah. yeah. well the thing is NPCs fantastic you know the, the, the GM throws them out there he can control them but he throws them at the party and see what the party do with him and he's more of a lackey but when you have like leading guys that are run by the GM plus the actual story that's been created by the GM don't leave much room for the PCs yeah. Yeah, and but you can have uh, NPCs that come along with the party. Fine. Fantastic. Yeah. We we had that in Pathfinder where you guys mate. basically had about five people. We had loads of us from that town, yeah. wasn't it? That little village. Yeah. No, and you had people that you'd met along the way. Yeah. And they were great. And that's really fun. Like imp- like getting people to come with you is wicked. It also it also gives the party stakes, but they're not GMPCs because they're not heroes. That's right. They're, they're just characters yep. that, that are there for moral support yeah. or they have a a certain skill and agenda yeah. that they're with them for that's not the same as the parties but they're travelling with them for whatever yeah, reason yeah something like that yeah so loud the GMPCs and then all how the NPCs yeah but then I, I then uh, Fern is saying that, that they can be good um, so I'd really uh, Fern follow up so yeah, tell, me, know. tell me a story yeah, please about do when it, when it's please. Been done we'd well. love to hear about that Eric Lamoureux oh god some people are too dumb to play RPGs he says well like potatoes mm. Mm. Well, too young maybe no like baby no, too. too dumb. Uh, I mean, no, I would agree. Th- to be fair, I would agree with that. Uh, I would agree this, with that. This came. This this went on. This was one of the arguments that yeah. went on and on in, in, <laughs> on Google Plus, right? Yeah. But the thing about it is, is that it's it's true, man. It's true. I mean, we've we've played. I've played with some people of. Oh man, varying calibers, varying calibers, right? And, and I, they I just don't say, get it, right? Yeah, and I've but I've seen people because I'm I'm of quite low intelligence. But the thing about <laughs> it is, is that like my memory's terrible. I suck at remembering things. I'm I'm fucking stupid a lot of the time. We all the are. thing is, I can remember the things I need to remember at the table. Yeah, and there are some people that just when when you turn up to the game, like I remember. Um, like we often give our mate Ryan shit because he doesn't remember which dice are which. Yeah. But when yeah. he comes to the table and he remembers, he remembers ba- basically how to play the game. That's fine. Well, and Ryan's he, one of the greatest um, role players I've ever played with. Yeah, and he yeah. Re- he remembers his tactics. He remembers at dice. Yeah. yeah, and he comes out with absolute gold sometimes. Oh, yeah, yeah, he remembers tactics. He remembers which moves in Savage Worlds mm-hmm. do which. Yeah, exactly. He remembers, he remembers things like that. And then I've played with some absolute. Absolute rotters who 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 every single round just say to me, "What, what can I do? do, I do so now? what can uh, I do? What does my character do? It's what like does anything do? you can fuck and off, mate. Like, like, <laughs> it's like they don't remember which dice are which, and they don't they don't remember how to do anything, and they don't just say, attention. "What do I roll every yeah, single game?" Yeah, and like, yeah, it's, like yeah. it's in front of you. Yeah, and okay, Ryan says says to me like um, says to me uh, which dice is the D eight again? So you say strength plus D eight. He knows where strength is on his sheet. He knows where his weapon is mm-hmm. on his sheet. 
So it doesn't matter if he's asking that. And now, to be fair, now we've got him his little play mat. He's a lot better. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's, he's cut Bless out, him. and then he uses that all the time. But yeah, I I thought I knew what a dumb role player was until I've I've met some some other people recently, and, and, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, actually, you know what? That is that is correct. If you can't yeah. be bothered just to learn the absolute basics, you You're can't play. Hobby, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right, we've got John Henry in next. Johnny Boy. Saying only players should roll dice. Oh. Well, didn't we just we just discussed that in the previous um thing? Yeah, oh John. Oh, John, John. John He's playing devil's advocate here, isn't he? He is. He's he winding is. us up. No, but you know what you know who else said this? Who? Gary Gygax. What? He's, he said DMs only roll dice because they like the sound of it. <gasps> Gaz. God, God. Yeah, because Yeah, but that's but that is that is um uh railroading, isn't it? It's not necessarily even that, but it, it might just it might just be yeah. Well, I guess it is. It's just predefining everything. It's because it you just DM everything's just they just love the set in yeah, place. That yeah, means DM has full reign over nah, what, what it happens. Should be, yes it should or be no. cooperative. No, but even like in a sandbox campaign, they just like to dictate every result that, yeah, that yeah, happens, yeah. and they roll dice to pretend. Did I hit him? No. Yeah, oh. but no. Yeah, I guess this guy he just doesn't. He doesn't like rolling dice, but then there are some games that facilitate that. You know, Powered by the Apocalypse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. If the if the if the whole game's set up for it, sure, why not? And it and it goes into it and it shows you how it works and stuff. Then understandable. But as a generic role playing game, I think there should be dice rolls on both sides of the table. Yep. Yeah, but then then maybe he he prefers those games. Oh, I don't Mate, know. Yeah, yeah. I think. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, I think it's it's weird. Tell us more, John. Yeah, tell think, us more. I think perhaps system based. Or maybe maybe he just gets players to roll his dice for him. Oh, that's okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. No. Actually, yeah. he's, he's like because um, you're sitting on the throne yeah. he's like my goblin uh, actually uh, is about to hit you can you roll my damage for me and then his players are uh, players like oh no I'm rolling my own death um, no yeah yeah okay fair enough next one Gary oh god yeah Gary McCallum comes in what's, he, what's Big Gaz coming in with uh, fear of the mind is for lazy shitty weak ass DMs and it makes for horrible gaming shut up Gary this is another one that really got <laughs> this This was the main argument of it was <laughs> Big Mac yeah so fear of the mind is when you don't use maps and minis basically yep. but um, Jesus Christ yeah this got people going man this this argument was still going when, when I left the thread I mean <laughs> Yeah, so still going now. Theatre of the Mind is for lazy, shitty, weak-ass DMs. Jesus Christ. Mm. All right, mate, calm down. So Gary <laughs> Gary is is a... He actually said he likes railroading people. Oh, yeah, yeah no, he said that on, uh, on yeah. um, uh, The Wild Eye. And um, he said that, yeah, basically he uses a big TV and stuff and he always has maps prepared and minis yeah, and stuff Yeah, to be like fair, that. Gary puts in fuck, like, tons of effort into creating... All of his shit. And sure. his his opinion is that um, people should uh, go along the railroad because he's prepared his maps. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Sure, you don't want to go but there. But I've the got thing a really is, nice map for that area. Right. Nah. But the thing is with Gary, he's already said that every single one of his sessions is basically a one shot. Yeah. So you are going to turn up, and you are not really going to mind it being then, railroaded per se. But that's not that's not necessarily a problem because there's yeah. there's, th- there's two different types of experience. There are sandbox campaigns, and then there are curated experiences. Yes. Yeah. Yep. See, the thing is, and that's is, what he's creating. I think that's that's fine, really. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily the way he puts it makes it seem like a controversial opinion, but the. The, the curated experience, there's nothing wrong with that because mm. you can play a game and still have the um, 
you can still make a uh, sort of game feel as if it's not railroading yeah, and yeah, yeah. still have it be. Mm-hmm. And then in addition to that, when players go along it, they can still have loads of agency within each scene. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I've played in these games and I've never felt railroading. No, nah, me so. neither. Yeah, yeah. So the thing is, is that, but I don't agree that it's for lazy, shitty, weak He's just being yeah. a wind-up yeah, and it has all that. You are, come on. Just because you put in that extra effort you like your credit yeah. to you, but sometimes, you put in such extra effort. Oh, sometimes you ain't got time for it. Well, I've played Theatre of the Mind games and run Theatre of the Mind games mm, where I've had to yeah. put in, uh, you know... Well, more effort because of description. Effort. Yeah, and not only that, but like... Yeah. But, oh, sorry, not more effort, different kind of effort. Yeah, yeah. like in my vampire game, every single fucking um, uh, like building in that, in that city had... Had like statted people. Mm-hmm. It had it had uh, item lists. It had things that you could do in there. It had descriptions. Every single building in there was was done right. And my point is, is that that took a lot of time, and it still felt like a living, breathing city. But I didn't map each one out because it oh, was mate. fucking pointless. And I'm not like map drawing's not my strong point, as you two well are aware. But you've seen the effort I've put into my games, yeah. and it's not for it's for you know I can't draw very well. So I'm so I do a few maps, sure, but then. You can put so much more into other stuff that still make it good just because you ain't got a map, Gary. Yeah, it really depends. <laughs> well, actually, Max Stark, I, I thought his reply was quite good because yeah. he followed up and he said, the only problem with Theatre of the Mind are the dumb shit players who don't know how to listen. How big is the room? Like I said, three minutes ago, 20 feet by 15 feet. Now fucking pay attention next time. <laughs> Same shit over and over again. Maps are cool, but Theatre of the Mind lets me get into the moment better, whereas maps are more tactical in nature and remove me from the character's perspective. Yeah, it's true. If yeah. there's a map, yeah. you can see everything you know the route you want to take you know how to get there because everything's already there theatre of the mind is you're in this room you're in this you know in the corner I and it's like, like often when theatre of the mind we often build up a bit bigger picture yeah. Yeah, yeah theatre of the mind I think um, in terms of emotion well to, to be honest we've done a, a few times we do a bit of both we put, we have a, a blank grid out and then uh, nothing drawn on it and then it is a theatre of the mind room but we just move our pace on the blank map yeah just the and show character oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah or even if you've got like I don't know say you've got a session planned and there's loads in it and it's a lot of fear of the mind but then for one certain scene you've got a little map and there's a battle you know you're ticking both boxes and it's, it's, it's yeah. all you need well actually this is quite relevant uh, because Eric Lamoureux follows up and he says here's one GM's over prepping makes players feel like they shouldn't disturb any of the GM's plans so they're just along for the ride instead of collaborating for the story. Yeah. What do you make of that? I get that. Well, it depends though, isn't it? Um, As a player myself, I don't care because it's all to do with what's going on. But yeah. at the same time, I get that. Because if there's loads of like... I mean, we felt quite... It also, I suppose you feel a little bit like you know, like we, we missed a huge part of one of your games because we didn't take one turn. Oh no! But when you like when we were told that we felt bad because we were like, oh, I wanted to see it. Yeah, sorry That's about that. That's the thing, you know, but, you really want to see it. But then yeah, at but the then, time when you're playing, you don't realise. It depends on the GM's attitude, though, because yeah. I, I never made you feel bad. Oh no, at, at the time, time we like, didn't know when during the game. I just made it feel very natural. We didn't like, know nothing like, had I been was missed. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. You you go this way, and then this happens, right? See, then after the game, I was like, oh, by the way, you missed loads. Uh, you missed this whole other bit. Yeah, you could yeah. have gone down this way, yeah. and this would have happened. And then, but, but like, if you was a GM, and then they went, "Are oh, we going to go for this door?" And they went, "Oh, yeah, yeah." All right, well, no, yeah, you, you go through the door. Some GMs actually do do that. <laughs> like, like some GMs just go, well, "I've I've seen it happen," mm-hmm. and some GMs would actually go, "Okay, I prepared all this stuff, but yeah, we'll go this way." I've actually oh seen it yeah, happen, you know? no, leave that out. Uh, oh, that's horrible. Yeah, 
Right, next one's coming from Conrad Erasmus Newbert, good friend of the show, and he says, Fate in all of its iterations is really counterproductive for role-playing. It limits the language players can use to enact and describe their characters much more than any conventional RPG I have played. Well, you can fuck off then, I've never played Fate. Well, um, from what I understand, I've never played it, but I've read a little bit into it. You have these things, uh, I forget what they're called, but they're, they're like either like good or bad things about your character and the GM has them too so they're oh god I forget what they're called yeah but it's like um, kind of like hindrances and edges kind mm. of but the GM has them too and and they're like say for example you might your, your, your character might have one that's like always prepared and so you can choose to enact that at certain moments and like let's say for example you go I want to choose my I want to enact my always prepared you know thing right and then if the GM decides that it's appropriate if he agrees with you that it's appropriate then you get to use it and then you've got the lighter that you needed right but that's only if he agrees okay and so but then the GM might might have a caveat or whatever it's called and he might choose to enact the caveat of You've, oh, by the way, Nick, your character's got the ham-fisted uh, thing. So right. you're using this computer and now it fails because right. you've got that. But only if, um, I guess, that you two agree on it. So right. what the game then boils down to is people always arguing about whether what's or not... Gonna what's going to happen. And and it's it becomes this discussion. Just gets disjointed it, then, doesn't so it? So a very, very good example of this is if you listen to... Um, the Adventure Zone, which is a po- podcast I, I really like. Yeah. I don't um, listen to... Uh, well, I haven't listened to the most recent one, but but yeah, this is... Um, it, on that, they did one season of Fate. And right. It was cracking. They yeah. ended up with a cracking story. Yeah. But what it ended up with is that they used to play D&D 5th Edition right, and yeah. they actually excelled at it, mm-hmm. believe it or not. But when they played Fate, it boiled down to, well, actually, I think what would be more interesting for the story is if my character used this right now and yeah. then the GM, who was the dad at the time, was like... Oh, the yeah, dad yeah. GM Fate. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, yeah, actually, I think that would be really cool and yeah. I think it's appropriate for the character right now. So, yeah, go ahead and do that, son. Yeah. And then and then he was like, okay, cool. So, yeah, I used the overprepared uh, thing right now and he goes yeah okay cool so yeah you've got the item uh, what do you do next and he's like okay I, I leap forward then the game continues mm, yeah and it's like it's, it, I, I think it's a bit like I that. don't want to poo poo it because I've never played it so I'd always give a game a chance but yeah I it don't just know. doesn't sound like my cup of tea no not for mm. me maybe not so yeah, yeah but it's, it's it's intensely popular but it's I just know, yeah. if you think that um, it's evil hat games isn't it yeah it is yeah, yeah. yeah not not for me yeah alright we've got Uncle J Raz in next yeah it says your backstory only matters to you. Whoa. I don't give three shits about four shits what your character did before. Whoa. Whoa. I want three sentences about your character and that's it. Whoa. Anything else is masturbation. Whoa. <laughs> Tenga. Tenga, yeah. Hashtag uh, Tenga. Hashtag Tenga. Um, nah, mate. Uh, uh, no, that's fair. If you sit down at the table and you start boring people with five pages of character, yeah. Remember- oh no, no, no. But, oh yeah, 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 yeah. The thing is, our backstories are often in our gaming group are kind of thought up beforehand, discussed pretty much before we start a game, get an idea, and then it's left there. Really, yeah, we got- and most recently they're collaborative. Let's call yeah. it what it is. Like our backstories are intricate, but only in the way that they inform the character in the game. When yeah, we yeah. start, when we start 
we've written pages and pages about our characters, but we don't bore each other with it. Nah, yeah. Like we'll, we'll then get into the game. Yeah, we'll give a and summary. Come out like mm-hmm. like there's a point where my character, um, my most recent character, um, lied and uh, worked for the FBI for a week fraudulently. Oh yeah, right. And and the point is is that I never told anyone that, but that mm-hmm. was just a point that came out during play for a conversation. That yeah, we but it having. also it's also adds to emotion, doesn't it? Because we're only aware of that information. We don't have the full backstory and therefore actually know the truth. Therefore, we're going to react as players, as, well, as characters playing, uh, being played by us, perfectly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, as soon as it comes to light, th- and, and then we'll just be like, oh, that's interesting. But Makes sense my, now. But my character yeah. doesn't know that, so I'm just going to continue the way I am. I think it's, I think it's uh, yeah, we, we always summarise our backstories. I think when we started doing backstories at the very, very beginning of our, of our gaming group, um, we actually separated it from the table and it was let's share our backstories before the game yeah and then we read it and enjoyed them well yeah because we do it during the session zero yeah. yeah 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 so i i yeah i i do have to agree to an extent i don't necessarily think that's controversial though because i think everyone hates the long ass backstories definitely yeah yeah, 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 I would agree. So, I would well, agree. If there's a lot of players then yeah for sure you don't want that going on forever yeah, so- but if there's only a couple then perhaps it might be fun to yeah but and if then, you've got players that are proud of their backstory then you know do what we do have a Facebook group or whatever and post, and just it, post on it. it on if yeah. you want to read it you can read it yeah mm-hmm. yeah because that's what we've done before yeah like we did it we did one while because we tried to post stuff on the Facebook group while other people are on holiday exactly, to keep yeah. the buzz going mm-hmm. and um, we did one where everyone posted backstories about their characters exactly. well, we, it wasn't necessarily a backstory everyone it was just, just like wrote extra yeah we wrote a short story from our characters past yep and that was fun um, Lean comes in he's got three in a row he Go says on. in Vampire Sabat games are infinitely superior to Camarilla ones so Camarilla was what we played yeah right? I was going to say mm-hmm. yeah. so that was they were the uh, they're the guys that have all the vampire traditions regal guys yeah, yeah. Sabat are the ones that reject the vampire traditions ah, okay. so they 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 can be um uh, they, Malkavians they, 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 and all that. Well, no, no, because you can have um, Camarilla Malkavians. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, we did, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, Sabat are just the people that reject those traditions and mm-hmm. stuff like this. A lot of people like playing the establishment a bit more. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, and the establishment. Um, number two, he says the AD and D isometric video games, Baldur's Gate, etc., are the best things D and D have ever produced, tabletop games included. Don't know. Uh, never played Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, <laughs> you played Pathfinder. That's D and D. That is true. Three point seven five. Yeah. So I would agree with that to an extent. Yeah. Um, I don't know about because you have to argue that, that a lot of things that came out of D and D are some things that D and D produced. You know. Yeah. Like uh, Labyrinth Lord and things like this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I, th- I really 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 have a soft spot for. Um, uh, what the fuck is it called? Planescape Torment. So yeah. Oh man, we played Planescape, didn't we? That was yeah. cracking. Yeah. So um, three. Alcohol and substances ruin immersion, and gaming is better without them. Oh, yeah, bore, I bore said off. Bore off. No, no, I agree. Two excess. Yes. Two excess. Totally. But I play great on every level. Yeah, I, I'm not joking. <laughs> if you if you get absolutely trolleyed, right, then you're you're no, a fucking yeah. if idiot. You if, no, you but if it's if it's like. <laughs> You know, if if it adds to certain aspects then, of role playing, but then, then it's here's fine. the thing. Here's the thing. Like uh, we've all done it, like uh, during our gaming careers, right? And there's no there's no two ways about it. We've all done it where we've accidentally got a bit too pissed. Like yeah. like mm-hmm. we haven't had enough to eat. We've been on it antibiotics, mm-hmm. and then and then the drinks hit us like a ton of bricks. Yeah. Um. Uh, every one of us has done it, and then we've been a nuisance. Like yeah. like it's happened. Yeah. Man. And 
that's the trouble. And like you say, if you're absolutely trolleyed and you're not on the same level, that's a problem. You need to be in a but, pub yeah. chatting, not we've, playing a game. We've, we're quite lucky and fortunate that if, um, apart from the, you know, getting too wankered without realising it, if we, um, we're quite fortunate in the fact that we can kind of keep it together. We may make a, a silly uh, proposition or, or say something silly sort of out of game, but we tend to really stick to what's going on but just be a bit more slurry and loud about it yeah and the oh, thing yeah, about definitely. it is and the thing about it is is that if everyone at the table is drinking then what's the fucking problem yeah who cares yeah. I mean does Owen drink no. no oh okay well that makes sense then yeah, but well, like at all? Never. No, he never does. Okay, the one that makes sense. He doesn't drink. He doesn't do any substances. And the thing about it is, is that in this country, um, a lot of people smoke weed. I don't. Um, I, it's not my cup of tea. But the thing about it is, is that a lot of people smoke weed. And as a non-weed smoker, I can feel where he's coming from because yeah. I tend yes. to get a bit wound up by the people smoking weed. Yeah, it, yeah. It, so, I mean, because you know when they sit there and go a, vacant. Yeah, because that's I'm not that thing. is fucking and then it's annoying. Su- success again. Yeah. Doing anything to no, exist when no. you need to use your imagination yeah. and engage does hinder it. Definitely. And I'm not on their level because no. I'm not doing it. Yeah. And so I do understand where he's coming from. But let's say, for instance, we are all having a bit of weed at the table then maybe it would be different yeah and yeah. No, maybe it would just end in like you just it would just break out to like half an hour of silence and then one of us <laughs> would go, one of us just go what I'm hungry what happened <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm I don't know I mean because I because I drive a lot up I'm always obviously you know I'm never I'm always sober yeah. sober you know I yeah, can yeah, have yeah. a beer at the table whatever but all um, of us have a few and we're never yeah. um, and we're all on that same level so and it's, it's, yeah, the thing is we, crazy do you remember yeah. our, your birthday Dungeon Crawl Classic when we was all drinking that was I know, carnage but that, but that was that, that was, was intentional yeah. that was intentional exactly. we yeah. and it was fun and we was all drinking and we all had a great time very different game but a great game nonetheless yeah but DCC's a game where, you, where getting pissed enhances it yeah <laughs> I would say so yeah and um and to be fair yeah we had a great time um I but then as we say this is about controversial opinions there are very few people that would agree with that yeah and and sure. I, I, Owen uh, yeah he's coming in with a controversial one and and to be fair it, he I've played in his games and he doesn't stop people from drinking he's, no, he's no, fine no, yeah, he yeah, just definitely. say like his missus enjoys drink at the game I enjoy a drink at the game went on the very few occasions where I've been able to and he doesn't he doesn't. Uh, disallow it. He's no. cool with it. No. But the point is, is that that's just his opinion. That's his and opinion. I, and I think, that's and he's fine. I completely disentitled to that. But get down the pub and have a bit. What do you guys think happened? One of the players Robbie played with got carried away and killed him. Well, that's kind of far out. Mazes and monsters is a far out game. Oh, we've got Trevor Hurst in next. He says, uh, "I am embarrassed by Stephen Colbert, Matt Mercer." Uh, what the fuck is that word? Uh, who cares? He, he's saying that he thinks that uh, he's embarrassed by critical role. Oh, what? oh yeah. that's a show, right? Professional actors flaunting their D&D habit makes me feel like a nerd again. Sigh. And um, I just want to say uh, a few words about critical role because uh, I suppose this would be one of my controversial opinions mm-hmm. in that I think that they are um, awful. Um, absolutely awful. And I know that it's bad form if you do an actual play podcast to yeah. slag off another, but we big up a lot. Yeah, um, I, 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 yeah, I have a, a lot of actual play podcasts that I really, really like. Um, you know, but the thing about one that's really staged, and it's on a proper set and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's like, almost like a panel, kind of in a way. It's extremely pretentious. Yeah. It's basically a um, soap opera masquerading as an a, an actual play. Oh no, thank um, you. It, it, a lot of people that don't even play watch it. Oh, okay. And um, it's by people that are voice actors, right? And they think that that 
make some better role players and I guess it would because they do real acting but I looked at these people's IMDB pages and they, they their real acting consists of mainly uh, the English dubs of animes which uh, oh, wow. most people know are fucking terrible yeah, yeah. Um, I watched some oh, of so Matt, they're not real actors then yeah Matt Mercer's yeah Matt Mercer's acting is um, piss it's really? pure piss like Ugh. he's he's gotten better in, in critical role it's genuinely good now okay. so, like, it's, it's really really uh, actually impressive but if you look at some of his, his earlier roles in IMDb and, and some of the stuff, like I, I looked up some clips on YouTube, it's pure piss. Oh, he's, wow. And it's like, what? And then he, the way he acts, like he, he's king shit of fuck mountain oh, of like DMs because yeah. he's the most famous one. Yeah. Like, it's abysmal. Uh, I, I I think that he sets a bad role model for DMs because he doesn't play the game properly. It's, right. ba- it, it, it's it, For him, the, the rolling in the game gets in the way of all of his friends doing this basically story game when he's trying to play D&D they should just be on a stage right exactly and um, I just I, th- I think it's awful so I don't think that anyone should feel like um, like these guys are better than them I really don't no I think, not at all I, I no definitely these not guys, and they're the, paid actors right <laughs> these guys are doing something very very different to yeah. the hobby they're yeah. not playing D&D no. they're playing uh, a drama that has some rolling occasionally mm-hmm. um, and that's that's about it so uh, nobody should ever feel that they're better than them at all I mm. think critical role is an embarrassment to the hobby I think that it's um, completely completely uh, different to what we do and mm-hmm. if anybody sees that as an example of how the game should be played then they're completely wrong yeah. that's, that's my opinion Fair but play. yeah so uh, they're, they're professional actors yes but are they good ones that's up for <laughs> yeah. you tell us yeah. to you yeah Daniel Irwin comes in with perhaps the most controversial opinion of all. Fatal, yeah, is a good RPG. I think he's right. I think he's right. I think he's right. I think he's right. I think it's so misunderstood. Well, because we got <laughs> we got a question later on actually that relates to this because Owen Lee, <laughs> yeah, he says if you had to use an RPG to stat yourself, which one would you use? Fatal, <laughs> mate. I've always wanted to stat my own circumference. Well, the thing is, is that if I was if I was there's no other system that allows me to stat my areola hue. Yeah, that's true. Oh my yeah, god, yeah, that's true. And you know oh. what? I have got some very strange coloured nipples, and so. There you go. I yeah. should either see a doctor or I've stat got, them in fatal. I've got <laughs> tiny ones, so there you go. So we, need, <laughs> yeah. we, need, we need the um, we need to be so if you want to make the most detailed character ever, then, fatal's your game. <laughs> right, exactly. But yeah, we're getting on to the that was all the controversial opinions. Jesus Christ. I've we got love one you that guys. I just wanted to add because it, it did ring true with me, you know. It's not a controversial opinion, but it was a little bit more going back to fear of the mind, but just quickly before we lose it, it was from Tor B. Pedersen. And he said, I mainly GM on fantasy grounds, but I often have a picture capturing the mood of the story slash battleground and drop the tokens there so everyone has at least an idea of who's in fight, who is fighting and where. Which is a great idea. You don't need detailed battle. Sometimes you could just have a picture Good that idea. really helps with the mood. Yeah, yeah. You know? We, we did that in our Pathfinder um, yeah. stuff. I mean, you built maps on it, but... Um, but yeah, you had images. Yeah, yeah, and that's good. And you don't need just need that. I think that does help with fear of the mind. Just having a picture, and like you said, you could put your tokens on that or, or whatever, and that does still give you a feel for it, you know. But is there any controversial opinions you guys have about uh, uh, in gaming? I mean, it doesn't have to be something that's like completely out there. But is there anything controversial you think? It can be a game that you dislike. It can be anything like that. Because I've given one about Critical Role, and I've got another one, but I'll give it after you guys. Off well for. I, <laughs> I've never played D&D, but from what I've seen from everything else, I think it's overrated. Yeah, yeah. I suppose, I I suppose you're right there. because it's overrated yeah. massively. From what I... I mean, I, you know, I can't... I'm, like you said, I've played Pathfinder. It's a good game, but why is it the pinnacle in the hobby? It ain't all that. Yeah, yeah, totally. 
There's just fucking just stuff out there from it smaller like, companies that's way one better. of the first, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah. that's not good enough. You can't just have that as oh, we did it first. Yeah, I think I think there's a lot of people that would agree with you. To be fair, yeah. Uh, all right, I'll give I'll give mine. Go I'll on. give mine. So I'm gonna have to probably bleep part of this. <laughs> yes. So um, I think that D and D was ruined by. And that bit, I'm, that's the bit I'm going to bleep. So who is it that ruined D&D, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> You'll never know. You'll never Send know. your answers on a postcard. I can't believe you just said that. No, but I, I think it's true. Yeah? I think it's true. And I, I can't really explain why, but I'll explain, I'll explain it to you guys outside. Excellent. But there's a very, very good reason for that. Fine by me. And I'll explain it to you guys outside after the podcast. But you, at home, you can try and guess. Yeah. And if you get it right and send it to the feedback, comment on the episode or whatever... And then Harrison you, will go into depth. Yeah, if it. you get it right... I will explain myself next episode. Woo! How about that? Yeah, yeah. Like that. yeah. Bit, of a bit of that. Any more? Uh, that's it, really. Um, that's it for the old controversial opinions. Um, so we've got some general questions. We'll try and get through these fast. Let's do it speed round. Speed yep. round. Speed so round. Manuel Sams follows on from what he was saying earlier, and he's saying um, this is about the breaking the rules bit. And he says, question regarding this: Do you break rules to fit the game to the story? If so, why? And did you ever have a player notice and absolutely hate it? I don't think so. I don't think I've ever done this. Uh, I, when I first GM'd, I made a big GM mistake uh, by kind of pushing, um, but that's the worst I've ever done, I think. But I don't is... think you should break rules, just cut them out. Don't no, in, in Savage Worlds, you had a guy, first off, no, what happened was, is you said, you said to us um, that a bloke just captured us yeah. and didn't allow us to roll to yeah. not get away from it. Yeah, and then, then, then we tried an opposed roll, got a raise, and they said, yeah, you're still captured. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it was I like, was like no, leave me alone! <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you, uh, that was like major fudge. Yeah, yeah but that was the first time. Yeah, that was a big, that's the one and only time. Yeah. And then the famous time for me, Killer Genie. Yeah. But I wasn't necessarily breaking the rules. I just chucked something in there. Yeah, but to... you were doing like the biggest gym was... known. You're throwing your toys out. Yeah, I was just being like, yeah. I was being like oh, motherfuckers, here's a genie, you got down, bitch. <laughs> throwing a genie out of the pram. <laughs> it's going down, bitch. It's going to genie up. <laughs> Fuck you, motherfuckers. <laughs> Teach you a lesson. Uh, <laughs> Richard Walcott comes in with random question, do ghouls need to poo? Uh, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Ghoul shit is the, is the worst. I bet yeah. it'd be great. Trevor Hurst, if a character has a ring of regeneration, is it okay if another character frequently beats him to within an inch of his life between adventures? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Everyone thinks it's pretty funny, except the character with the ring, who <laughs> rarely gets to participate in barroom carousing. Is this a real thing that's things. happening in his game? Oh, Take mate. the ring off then, mate. <laughs> no, but then if he don't have the ring, he can't regenerate. It's just price you pay, mate, if you want to stop getting the beatdowns. <laughs> stop getting the beatdowns. This guy is well funny. Smack. It'll grow back like he's fine. And we got one last question. Owen Lean, has there ever been a time while gaming where you felt outright terrified? Um, yeah, um, in uh, our actual play, <laughs> DCC, there's so many moments where I've yeah, uh, terrified times. in the fear of character death. Yeah, uh, terrified the... in real life. In real life? What do you mean? Like in real life? Uh, no. Have we played in a storm, thunderstorm? Yeah, yeah, maybe then. <laughs> uh, no, terrified for me in the, well, in real life was the Manano. That was that was terrible. Oh, the P Mano. P Mano. Sorry, that yeah. Was so shocking. this was in our uh, Rippers game where uh, there was a a piano. Well, it's Connor ran it for us. Oh There's yeah. A piano made of made of a human, and Living we opened human. up the lid, and yeah. it was like breathing, and there was an eye looking at us. Uh, one time, I was actually genuinely terrified. I mean, it gave me tingles. I was super immersed, and I actually felt faint at the end because I was like getting so, <laughs> so um, not from 
fear, but from sort of excitement and exhaustion. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, you know, getting really into it was our mother scene when we had to the cosmic abortion. Yeah, the cosmic abortion <laughs> when we had to kill Smeckers in the womb. Yeah, yeah. Utero, we've really yeah. we've discussed it on the previous podcast, but it, was, um, it wasn't you, were, you weren't killing Smeckers in a womb. Oh no, you were killing an ancient uh, alien evil. Yes, went back in time, went into its womb, and then you were killing it. But the thing was so uh, incomprehensible. That it just looked like a big wall of demonic faces. Oh, that yeah. was it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah the God, wall of yeah. demonic faces was the yeah, thing that, that was... touched me. And the the obviously you used the music of Mother, and it had the wall of demonic faces as the image. And I was though. I was fully taken into that. So I was just like, yeah. During it, I was just like, oh my God, this is intense. I'll play a clip of that music now. Why are we silent? <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> we're actually like waiting for the music yeah. to happen. Is that actually going to happen? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll but I'll, I'll put in a clip of the music. Sweet. Now. Awesome. Anyway, so um, that was it for questions. Jesus Christ, that was might have been the longest question time we've ever had. That was it brilliant. Is. Yeah. Thank right, you so much, everyone. Yeah, that was amazing. Jesus Christ. Next time, I'm going to ask a question that nobody has any answers to. Give yeah, us an be, easier time. Just blank. Yeah, yeah, yeah like that yeah. time when we had two written by us. <laughs> <laughs> Did we do that? No. Yes. <laughs> all right. So, all right, bye. Roll dice. Have full sexual intercourse. Play Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay. Do a butt sex. Right, so that was it for another episode. If you want to get in contact with us, you can do that. How do you do that? Uh, you can go over to the email um, shop and then you can send us an email um, <laughs> tabletoptwats at gmail.com or Twitter at tabletoptwats or Facebook at tabletopt and of course Google if Plus. you shut up no alright say it or Google Plus Google Plus and Nerds International yeah those that's a network we belong to with such great shows as the RPG Brewery the Wild Die Podcast the Murder Hobo Show exactly all great shows and if you want to sling us a buck because you like what we do we're on Patreon don't forget to smash that like button strangle that like button to death <laughs> <laughs> and lastly but not leastly um, we'd like to do a little advert for some upcoming online games that are coming so uh, yes yeah. Patreons can uh, play online games with us uh, Nick is going to be running Call of Cthulhu yes and he's running an adventure called Cold warning. Cold warning. Oh, yes. It's so, going to be on roll 20. Mm-hmm. When is that, Nick? Uh, well, when we get some numbers. Uh, so far, we've got Daniel, you two. Um, so we're looking for probably two more players. Yeah, and then two more players. Got, we're ready so to go. Go on to our Patreon. and uh, Become a Patreon. Pa- become a Patreon. But anyway, anyone that's already on there, uh, yeah, we'll run a game for you. Yeah, uh, absolutely. All you need to donate is a, is a buck and you can, and you can have entry into the game. It's all prepped. Um, we'll, we'll be doing these more often. So mm-hmm. just sending us a DM on Patreon and, uh, yeah, you can be part of the game. And we'll start getting Doesn't matter what tier you're on. No, no, no. We don't describe. We don't care. Yeah. So, um, obviously, while this show is not on, um, you you have got nothing to do because out there is an apocalyptic apocalyptic wasteland out there. So I'd like to give you a thought for a week, something to muse on. You know, well, have you just read it, Nick? (laughs) (laughs) I read it last night, though, and I was dying. Um, So obviously, you know, you you've got to have something to think about while while you know the weeks are ticking away. And uh, here is that thought of the week. 
If you believe in reincarnation, does your tombstone say R.I.P. or B.R.B.? Fucking brilliant. All right. So the other day I was in a mountain, right? In Japan. In Japan, Mount yeah. Fuji, right? Yeah. And as the as the sun rose beyond the clouds, I realised it wasn't the sun rising up. It was just a big um, bunch of foam letters. Oh right. Right. Yeah. It was a bit weird. Right. I don't, I don't know why that was happening, Did but they shone it? bright like the sun, oh, and yeah. it burned some message into my cornea, and that message was thus. Chicken the Mukabashiru! Yes! <laughs> Alright, see you later, everyone. Bye!